Okay, this is a bit worrying. You, the tall boy at the back, who are you and what have you done with David? <laughs> the old guy died, I'm stepping in. Oh, really? You look about 10 years younger. Oh, thanks, mate, but I don't know why you say we weren't roughing it. I nearly cut myself shaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, today's challenge is for immunity, so, David, I'm going to have to take your necklace back. And it's a shame because you look like the Lord Mayor of the Jungle there. <laughs> Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor, all the way from Whaler's Way right through to the present day. They said we wouldn't last. One episode in, they were like, no one wants to talk about the history of Australian Survivor. Who cares about those old seasons? They're crap. Boo. They don't exist. Well, here we are at episode 50. So to Des Quilty... How you going, mate? Uh, you just said we wouldn't last because we can't count. Well, we can. We're at episode 50. In all seriousness, uh, it's our 50th episode. We're very excited. We're very uh, thrilled to be here. And to recap, the seventh episode of Australian Celebrity Survivor. Australian Survivor Season 2 from 2006. We're into the merge. We've lost our winner. That doesn't make sense, but somehow it does. And this week, we get to celebrate everyone's favourite Sylvan 2.0, Elton Flatley. He's back to his best. He's getting knocked over. He's getting hit in the head. He's trying his best to do things. The only thing he doesn't get this week is steak. But I'm excited to talk about it this week. My name is Ben, and I'm sunburnt, shiny, and a little bit bedraggled. Hi, Ben. Hi, listeners. As always, Matt Dyson here. And Ben, you mentioned it, 50 episodes. Who would have thought? I I don't know if we even gave ourselves much chance to reach 10 episodes, but here we are doing Celebrity Survivor Season 2. And we're up to 50 episodes. And why not? Well, what better episode to have a 50th when we're talking a lot about the great man, Elton Flatley? Oh, what a what a, what a man, as we would say over some of our other shows. I mean, this is a an Australian sporting icon, a legend. And here he is out in the Vanuatan jungle getting smacked in the head by tree stumps. I mean, you know, not, not as big as hits he's probably got in his rugby career. But I mean, you know, Justin Melvey on a tree stump's pretty hard hit as well. I have to admit, Elton's really grown on me this season. He's one of these players that, you know, obviously I've watched it a few years ago this season and Elton was like, oh, what was he really doing there? Was he... But after really, like, taking notes on every episode, watching him really carefully, like, he's actually a pretty good player and someone that I think would easily could easily play a game now and, you know, he's, he's not the most yeah, he's not the most exciting player. He's not like a Matt Rogers who's going to be – goes out there and he's playing extra sneaky and all that. He sort of lets – well, he lets David do that work. But, you know, I've really taken a liking to it, I've got to admit, and, and sort of uh, it's going to be a, a lot of fun talking a lot about Elton, as we always do, but extra special today talking all all things Elton Flatley. Yeah, I think he was one of these ones coming into the season where I was kind of was like, yeah, you know, Elton's there. You know, he's, he's no harm. Uh, but, like, I just – I agree with you. He's kind of – he's an interesting guy to talk to. I mean, he just – 
He just looks like the typical Aussie bloke that's just chilled, laid back, just going to do whatever. Like, nothing really bothers him. I mean, he's getting hit in the head every second episode. He loves his steak. Uh, he's just out there trying. And, like, yeah, I sort of forget in this episode that he actually does, you know, play pretty hard to try and stay in. And kind of it's it's interesting that, again, as I often say with these this season, like, if this was a modern-day episode, you know, we'd be praising, like, you know, how somebody's at least scrambling to stay in. But this often gets, you know, for, forgotten about and swept under the rug. Well, this season had no strategy. This was boring. So um, it's those, those newer school elements to it. But, yeah, Elton's... I think we're going to have this, I feel, every season. I mean, we obviously discovered that. I mean, I, I, I like to say Sylvan, but I, it's got to be David Haas last season was kind of the main one that I think we were kind of like, no, this guy's actually quite good. Mm. Uh, whereas, you know, Elton, Elton's up there this season as somebody who, you know, it surprised me at actually how much I've ended up appreciating him and his time on this show, uh, which is a good thing because, you know, it's Elton, it's Elton Flatley, Matt. I, I think I've lost my impersonation of him, but a proud Queenslander. You should be loving this guy. He is. He's a Brisbane boy. Went to uh, Nudgy, Nudgy School. But, uh, mate, um, yeah, look, what do, you, what do you think about this episode? It's, a, it's an interesting one. I like it. I have to admit, I like it. Not a lot really goes on. It's sort of uh, one of these episodes where in the end, you know, the vote, it's sort of predictable. But what I love about this episode is, you know, things like the reward challenges, like stuff that, this old school survivor, we don't see it. I've mentioned it time and time again that we're going to see more of it now, you know, coming sort of to the closing end of this this season where this is what I love about Survivor. And I, I love these episodes where you get to see, him, you know, a reward challenge where you, a, a couple of players get to go outside the game and, and get a bit of luxury and, and, and sort of see a bit of the bit of the, the country that they're in, obviously in Vanuatu in this season. And I think for me, that's what makes this a great episode. Yeah, look... I think at the end of the day, you're right. Not a lot happens in this episode, but you can make a super uninteresting, pretty much predictable episode somewhat interesting, but you're having a great reward. I'm with you 100%. Like uh, this, we talked about this um, last week or the week before and sort of, you know, mentioning about how we love a good sort of reward like this. Um, and even just the editing in this episode, going back to what I was saying about Elton having a bit of a fight, like... You know, again, we talk about season one where sometimes there's no scrambling. Even in this season, there's been a bit of, like, no scrambling. And you kind of know who's going. Like, it's sort of, you know, that's a bit of the old school editing for you. But here they try to at least make it, you know, interesting at the end. Like, you kind of legitimately go into this tribal going, oh, okay, maybe Elton's safe. Like, and that's what you need in a predictable episode. Um, So... Yeah, I, I look. It's not going to be the most outstanding episode of this season. Um, don't think it's going to be the worst episode of this season. But uh, again, yeah, it, it does the job. It's it's here. It tells you what you need to sell. And um, you know, we get to see Elton Flatley. We get to see some great David Oldfield. We get to see a bit of a pervy David Oldfield, which is always good. Um, and we also get some shouting at the beginning of this episode. I like I, I like this David Oldfield where he's made breakfast. Like <laughs> just. David Oldfield again, underrated star of this episode. Like, just. <laughs> Can I just. Okay. I'm just going to put it straight out there now. Thug life moment. I, I, like, it's got to be. You want David, David this Old... week? You want. Not, not Dicko. Uh, I'm with you there. I'll take that. Uh, we know. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We're skipping Dicko for the thug life moment. It, there's a moment. You just sort of. You just touched on it. We're going to talk a lot about it. It is classic Oldfield. If that's not the thug life, I'm not even going to give it away. We're going to wait till it comes up. But oh, you, you're already cracking me up, Ben, because, yeah, David, he, he just gets even better every episode now. This is oh. One thing I appreciate about this episode, um, it's actually got a lot of humour to this episode. Like, we it kind does. of struggled last week with, like, the dicko thug life. But, like, this this time around, like, 
it's not just like you're right. There's like I mean we've got Island Porridge this week. Yeah. Uh, you know we've got Dicko's banter with David and the whole crew. Like Dicko's on fire this week, and Dicko and Tribal Council this week. Holy crap, Dicko, you're you're a good man this week. Um, and yeah, like <laughs> the David flirting, uh, trees falling down, uh, Justin Melvy basically almost being, uh, like, uh, Jerry in Australian Outback when she basically proved to be a better cook than Keith. Like, I mean, yeah, like uh, you've got lots of elements in this episode. Well, this isn't the greatest episode. There's a lot of funny moments in this one. So it, you yeah. nailed it there. You're right. Because it's, there's not a lot happening. You're right. They, they nailed it with the editing, with the humor. There is a lot of humor to it. Um, Justin Melby, yeah, he's really coming out of his shell now. I think we're seeing it, with, you know, as we know, we, we see a lot, a lot more of him sort of and, and how he gets to the end. And, uh, yeah, look, it's great. But i tell you who's not happy, and that's Guy Leach, because he got voted out last episode. And now on night 13, obviously, when they've just voted him out, all the girls obviously, you know, tell David and Elton, like, he had to go that uh, it was just too strong. So we're now seeing in this part of the game, the girls are realising that, hey, we got when you got guys like Guy Leach, Elton Flatley, you know, in the game. This is a point in the game you've got to start getting rid of them. And so it's good. It's good game played by the girls. But we really see now what was going through their heads at the time with getting some of these big blokes out. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. And we talked about this in our last episode recap uh, that you know it's kind of like this guy girl thing, and we'll sort of really get a more of that I think sort of next week, but. We often forget that Justin's still there. Yeah, Justin's never really lumped in with the guy. So, no. um, you know, he's, he's kind of there. But, but, like- but what you forget too, and this is like you, you've got to remember too, he, he never started the game with the guys, and that's mm-hmm. what you can often forget. Like he's yeah. actually staying with his alliance because that was – I mean, obviously Gabby was – you know, she was on the guys' tribe, but, but as we know, Gabby and him, Gabby and Justin, you know, knew each other from outside the game. So, so – yeah, you, you kind of do forget that. They're like, well, why isn't Justin hanging out, like, being with the guys? Well, he never started the game. He, he's a, he's original, he was original Moso with, with the girls. So, Which is which it, we've talked a lot about how kind of Gabby seems to be a bit more versatile and in, in fluctuating between the two because she really went from being a guy's girl to more of a girl's guy. Yeah. A girl's girl, sorry. Um, And whereas Justin's kind of almost very team girl. I'll, I'll be honest, if that was me, and this is not just for reasons you're going to think, Matt Dyson, but, like, I, I would be... Justin, I would be hanging out with the girls more than the guys. That's just me. That's just what I naturally do. Because um, I'm such a ladies' man. Um, but... <laughs> even, if, even if they didn't want you to hang out with them, then you'd yeah. still be hanging out with them. That's why I have a numerous <laughs> uh, amount of restraining orders against me. Um, but, um, yeah, it's like what, what, jumping ahead a little bit here, particularly to next week, because like, next week will annoy me somewhat. But um, as much as I like the editing in this episode, there is some stuff around the editing that does kind of irk me, particularly the Justin stuff, Justin Gabby stuff, and not just for what we're going to get next week. But I feel they don't really sell this Justin Gabby relationship very well until it's kind of all of a sudden like, oh, here it is. You've got to, we've got to see it. It's relevant now. Like kind of, I mentioned this, I think with David and Imogen the other week, like, yeah, we got one scene with them, but like, I feel there was more, I feel there's more to this Gabby Justin Mm. stuff that we should be seeing because you're right. Like, I mean, Justin sort of, had this relationship with the girls, he's kind of gone that way, but it's just almost like they're all of a sudden saying, oh, they know each other, so automatically we're going to expect them to be together. I mean, Justin and Kim knew each other um, from the beginning, but that didn't really serve well. So I don't know if it's just a Justin thing. Like maybe they just don't get enough from Justin that they can show his relationships with people. Maybe he just holds his cards close to his chest. I don't know. 
Uh, again, I've always said Justin's probably going to be the hardest person to decipher this entire season. But, yeah, that's, I sort of noticed that in this episode, particularly with the previews for next week. And I, I will have some pretty negatives to say about how poorly edited the preview clip for next week is. Um, but, yeah, like, this Justin Gabby thing kind of gets thrown upon you. I know I'm a week ahead. But, like, and that's always been something I've been looking forward to talking to and trying to find out this season. It's just this Justin Gabby stuff because it comes out of nowhere. You get no context behind it. And then it just gets swept under the rug. No, you're spot on there, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up because during this episode, at no, we never see the guys go to like Justin say, "Hey, mate, like, why are you with us? Like, let's stick together." The all guys, like, we never see that. We just we we sort of know that Justin's not with them, with with Elton, with you know, obviously David, with Guy last week, but but we're just it's sort of like we're just expected to know. Oh, hang on a sec, he's close with Gabby. We, we, yeah. But like you said, it's not until they show what happens next week on on the clip for next week that you real that you're like, oh, oh, well, that's why because he's close with her. But why wasn't that told during this episode? Yeah. Like what? And because it, why? You know why isn't Elton going to him and saying, hey, like Justin, you, you know, let's stick together, guys. We don't see any of that. So I'm glad you brought that up because you, you're right. Like when I got to the end of this episode and saw what happens next week. That's when I started thinking. Well, hang on a sec. Like, where did this come from? So, it is. You're right. It's, it's poorly edited. And oh, don't even get me started about the bloody clip at the end of oh. uh, next tribal council. Who who signed off on that? Yeah, we'll we'll get to it. One thing actually, before I, I want to sort of breeze through the pre reward stuff into the reward. But um, I'm a guy for like statistics and trends and things like that. I, I used to kind of point out for a long time there and saying U.S. Survivor. That Australian Outback returning contestants had a very good track record of making the final four. Like it used to be a, a trend, I think, right up until uh, Second Chances, that if you were from the Australian Outback and you returned, you would make the final four. It was sort of a weird trend. In Australian Survivor, I think you've kind of got that trend with the AFL player, be you male or female, that you go, I think, like final three, final four, based on statistics. You know, Moana, uh, you know, Brian Lake, Rob Dixon, you know, people like this, they, they make it deep into the game. I'm going to say right now, there's a new trend that I just don't think I've ever pointed out. The actor. I think we've only had two, if I'm not mistaken, in Australian survival. Well, I guess Nicole Dixon, but again, she make the final four. So again, Nicole Dixon included. If you're an actor, you make the final four. If, you know, or the final two, because obviously Pia wins. Justin makes the final two. Nicole final four. So the actor is another good profession here to have. Am I, am I missing any other actors that I, I'm thinking of here? Do you class Lockie as an actor now, seeing he's on Bachelor? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, touche. No, uh, we're not. We're not. No. <laughs> no. Depends but, how fake uh, you think that show is. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, Unless I'm missing someone glaring here, three actors on Australian Survivor history have all made the final four. Yeah, I still reckon Sylvan was acting. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, you, you're, you're, you're probably right. And, and I guess that's uh, – I don't know whether it's a coincidence or the fact that, let's be honest, like actors have to – play different characters, play different roles and survivors probably suitable for him. You know, okay. They've got to, you know, they, they've got to adjust to the, to what's around them. Like an actor would have to, you know, obviously playing a different character. So maybe that has something to do with it or maybe actors are just likable people who knows. But um, yeah, it's interesting when you come up with, with stats and facts like that, isn't it? You, you wonder, is it just a, like, like we all, you know, everyone knows that the, the poker player never seems to really yeah. do well. And exactly. Yeah. You, know, you think they the, would. The, the traffic cop never seems to do well in the, in a, in some. <laughs> well done, Matt. You had to pull that in there. Good job. Good job. You know, one from one. That's all right. Oh shit! <laughs> but actually, okay. Quickly looking here. So, um, searching the list. So yeah, the the only act actor, as in male, is Justin Melby. Actress 
we have Nicole Dixon peeing around, and they've classified Imogen Bailey's actress slash model. I guess she was in Neighbours, I think, from memory. So yeah. even then, she made the final four. So yeah, um, no, yeah you're right. Like it's it's kind of like it's like what I've talked about before with David Oldfield. How do you not have more politicians on Survivor? Brian Heideck. How do you not have you like these are professions you think would do well? So like yeah, a poker player you think should do well, but they generally overplay and they always get taken out. Whereas you know, used car salesman, politician, actor, actress. Yeah, that makes sense that they would do well because that's their job. So I'm just saying, Channel 10, journalist, we ask questions. We have to take in information. Just saying. I don't think you've ever had a journalist on the show, so <laughs> just putting it out there. All right, um, so I have to say at the beginning of this episode, you know, we've obviously got a bit of, as you were saying earlier, that uh, Elton's worried now. He's a sportsman. Elton's just, even the way he delivers, like this is one thing that I also appreciate about this season is that, like, Everyone just seems so natural in their deliveries of their confession. Maybe except Justin. Justin's a little bit, you know, actory sometimes, and even Nicole, um, not Nicole, Gabby's a little bit kind of, you know. Mm. But it's 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 nothing like on the Channel Ten level where I just feel half the time these people are just dropping a soundbite, you know, and it doesn't feel that natural. But like Elton's just so laid back, Aussie bloke. He's got a little smile on his face, like, oh yeah, local, you know, I'm a sportsman, but I'm a bit worried. But oh well, guys, off having a good old time. We can share a beer after the game. Like he's just he's just. You know, this guy, like, let's let's compare him to Matt Dyson. Like, Matt Dyson's fucking, like, you know, running around the jungle. He's digging everything. He's punching people in the face. Zach, give me an idol. Like, he's, he, he would, if, if Jonathan Parley came to him and said, like, you're right, you can go around and be a serial killer and chop everyone's head, but you can stay in the game. Matt would have gotten a knife. He would have just started, you know, there goes Shawnee's head. Thanks, Shawnee, for playing. Uh, you know, uh, Stevie's head's gone as long as he can stay in the game. Matt's doing everything. Elton's, oh, yeah, no, it's all right, mate. I'll just get him a beer with him after the game. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I think, too, Elton relies a lot on David. You know, Elton knows David's strength. You know, Elton is the laid-back guy, probably easy to get along with, where, but as far as the strategic side of Survivor, like, that's David's that's David's number one. Like that's, that's what he's great at. And it's great seeing, and I, I mentioned it early on in this season, it's great seeing these two team up because they're an unlikely duo, Elton and David, but they seem to get along really well. I think they, they bring out the best in each other and, and the way they play. And I think Elton is this happy, you know what? I'm going to let David try to work his magic. You know, obviously it doesn't end up get, getting, you know, it doesn't end up pulling it off, but but I think that's just them working together and like, all right, well, David, you go off with the girls, try to work your magic. I'm going to just be here, play the, try to play my role down a bit, play the nice guy and hopefully they'll pick me over Gabby. And, and yeah. you know, ultimately it doesn't work, but I, I like seeing those two work together. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's kind of one of these odd pairings that, you know, you can think of many of them in Survivor history where you kind of have these two people come together and you, you don't expect it. Uh, well, it's like, yeah. you know, like you got like Rudy and Richard Hatch. Absolutely. So I, like, I and Colby. Like, yeah, you know? like. I put it up there with them because, like, a politician yeah. with you know with the with the ex vice captain of you know, the Wallabies, like, it just you wouldn't pick it, you know. You but yeah. it just it works. And this is the thing: like, we can't not heap praise on David Oldfield enough. But like, again, going into this season, did anyone think David Oldfield is going to be able to sort of work his way in with the athletes and and like be a man's man at the same time? Like, mm. it's not even just he's a politician, like. There are, there are plenty of politicians out there that are probably more manly than I. I'm not saying the politician is not a manly profession. But, like, for the most part, David Oldfield on the outside, you judge a book by his cover. You're not going to think that he's going to be hanging out with Elton Flatley and Guy Leach and kind of working with these guys. But, like, he can adapt. He's so adaptive. He's got to be one of the most adaptive Australian Survivor players that there have ever been. 
would you say Barnaby Joyce is more manly <laughs> manly than you, Ben? Well, Barnaby. I mean, that guy can uh, land any ladies he likes. He's a, he's a pretty, you know, like, you know. But, I mean, this is all serious. It's like, think about, you know, we talk about the greats in, in season one. You know, Katie, Rob, you know, Shona, you know, Craig. As great as they are, I guess they don't really have to play adaptive. Craig kind of tried to play adaptive, but didn't really work. Rob's adaptive to a level. But kind of they stick to their plan and that's what they've got. They don't have to adapt to surroundings around them to move around. David's the first real adaptive player. He's kind of like, he's a floater in a way that he's not a floater. I don't like using the term floater because it sounds like he's just, you know, all over the shop. But like he's intelligent in what he does and he can play both sides and he does. Like he's going to go from being with the men and looking on the outs to forming an incredibly strong final three alliance that should be the final three of this season. Um, yeah. And it's just like, this is a level of, of how skilled David is. I've actually, I'm going to pull this up now. I was going to say this to the end, but on our um, Australian Survivor Sucks forum with the comments back from 2006, I found a great new nickname for David Oldfield. Uh, the user Karamia21 posted on this episode about David Oldfield and called him the seventh wonder of the ancient world. <laughs> they say, speaking of the seventh wonder of the ancient world, I had hoped he would have displayed some more of his political newest and uh, noir, or whatever that word is, and turned it around by now. Uh, so a few people bagging out David this week saying he didn't do that much. I kind of disagree with that. But, um, yeah, seventh wonder of the ancient world. There we go. That's a, that's a nickname. Well, Dick, I mean, Dicko's talked him up on the season after a bit of a rough start. Remember Dicko and, and, and David didn't at the start, but I think Dicko's warmed, you know, warmed to him. This guy's what seventh wonder of the ancient world. We've talked him up. I mean, David's he's getting a lot of love. He seems to be getting a lot of love out in the island. I think is he, you know, like maybe that's where we we've gone wrong. We had this, you know, sort of this thought about him being a politician and one nation, and and, and people, you know, have this immediate thought about him. And and but maybe we're all wrong. Maybe you know, once you actually get to know him, and and that like he's he's a clearly likable bloke because we haven't actually heard. Have we heard a one player bagging out at all no. on the island. Like we, no. we never heard a negative comment. Can't we, think of anyone who had... does in even the remaining episodes. Just interrupt. That's what I, mean. I can't That's think what... of anything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it just shows you that that people might have an opinion on someone, but once you meet them, it totally changes. I think David's that guy. Which is it's so fascinating with David. God, we just want to talk about him all the time. Um, like we've had a few interactions with him here and there, sort of through our social media and that. And obviously, we're looking forward to getting him on the show. Um, but, like, it's kind of interesting that I've not really watched a full season of him in any other shows, but I've seen sort of some of the controversy. Like, when he was on that Hell's Kitchen, I think there was – he said something about someone and it was all in the news. And when he was on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, I think he said something and it was all in the news. And they kind of just painted him with a brush because he's David Oldfield. He's from One Nation. So, again, I, we live in a different climate now than we did 15 years ago, so things are kind of taken a little bit differently. And it's not like – Dave, I mean, I, I can imagine this scene when we get to it of him, this episode being a bit pervy probably would have caused a bit of friction based on how 2021 works. But yeah, like it's so interesting that this guy who, again, comes into it with a reputation of the One Nation co-founder, basically no one says a bad word about him. He's probably, you know, up there the best or equal, I mean, the best male player of this season. Um, one of the best Australian Survivor players of all time. And yet no one sort of comes out of this hating this guy. Like, I mean, it's it's insane. Like, this this guy should not be liked. I'm sorry, Dave. I like you, David. I'm just but like, I like you because I'm Australian Survivor. Like, I don't know much about your policies and your politics and everything else that's happened outside of it. But, I mean, God, just if people don't like you, just show them Australian Survivor. They can't help but not like you. I'm going to go as far as say he ends up being 
one of the like most likable survivor players of all time. Like you, th- oh, yeah. you think of like people like Tarzan, really likable, you know. Like, but but yeah, Dave, he just is. Like yeah, you never you never hear a bad word about it. Everyone he seems to play with, they they want to play with him. They like him. They talk him up. Like they, the only things you ever hear him say, people are like, oh, he, he's almost too good of a survivor player, yeah. and that's why they want him out of there. You know, <laughs> almost so- too good. Oh, what a burden, <laughs> Matt. Matt, you let me. Let's be honest. When you got out there, you were like, oh, one day they're going to say that I'm almost too good to be on Survivor. And let's be honest, you were. You were too good. Thank you. Thank you. You were. That's, that's, nice that's, how, that's how I sleep at night, just thinking that, Ben. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Elton's, Elton's out getting some coconuts. We've got um, a couple of, like, I don't know if uh, some of the, the people this week were thinking about a bit of Dr. Zeus or something along those lines. I don't know if you picked up on a few of the rhyming little phrases we had. So, we had at the beginning here, we had, if you don't play, you don't stay, which is actually a great little line. That should be used more in Survivor. I like that. Um, and then you also get a, the more we are here, the more we endear. So we get a couple of like, I don't know, Dr. Zeus references here or something along those lines. So uh, what was your favourite Dr. Zeus book growing up, Matt? I didn't do Dr. Zeus. And can I just say, we actually have a Dr. Zeus book for our our kids now. And geez, yeah, bloody, you read them and they're long and tongue twisted. And I've got to admit, I I don't think I'm a Dr. Zeus fan. That's why you became a traffic cop, Matt. You couldn't get that, Dr. Zeus. I like to, I like to keep it simple, stupid. That's like the kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. But in all seriousness, like if you don't play, you don't stay. The Love more we hear, the more like they're brilliant. They're Survivor. Like they should be used more. They're up there with the tribe of spoken. Mate, that sounds classic Survivor. They they are brilliant. That's why in my notes you you beat me to it, mate. I've got it in capital letters and underlined. If you don't play, you don't stay. Great line. Yeah, I'm telling you now, if I ever get on Survivor again, hello, Channel 10, uh, I'm going to bring these lines back. Like, they're going to be the Ben Waterworth one-liners. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Imogen and, and Nicole, whoever's used these in this episode, but I'm stealing it. Like, I'll get more attention for it. What, what Do you use that one before you're not here to play tiddlywinks? Uh, well, actually, that's the thing. Like... I, I will I will bring I will I will be the quote machine from old school Survivor. I'll drop the references. It's no different to um, Andy Torrens, who I remember in his like preview when he's like, you know, I'm here on a business trip. When I interviewed him, like, tell me you use that as a Hardik reference, and he's like, of course I did. So I'm like, oh, yeah. makes me like you even more. Um, <laughs> so um, David basically, I like this kind of section here when like Elton sort of you know saying like, oh, I'm in danger. Um, I like his sort of yeah, like oh, I'm gonna go with the guy with the hotel, gonna prep in the bar. And, David just being David, the seventh wonder of the ancient world. Like here he is, like going like, oh yeah, no, a bit of trouble. But I actually don't think David's in danger. And this is where I will prop the editing up. This is where props to the editing, because you kind of go from David saying, like, I don't think Elton's in danger, to let's have a montage of Gabby Sucks. Um and Nicole Dixon, like props to Nicole Dixon. This is his little pocket rocket who's like the nicest human being, the, the female Lance Brooks, just just an incredible human being. But even when she's like delivering some sass. She's just so nice about it. She's like, oh, dear old Gabs. Oh, she, she could probably do a little bit more. Like, just, like, come on. This is somebody else. This is like, you know, uh, Rob last season or Katie or, you know, the Golden God or Luke or you. Like, you know, you're going to be ripping these people and you are. But, like, little Nicole, oh, she could probably do a bit more. Can you imagine Katie Gold if she had like a Gabby? She'd be or, or a Shona. That'd be like yeah. she's a she's a lazy bitch. She's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> imagine Shona. Imagine Shona Brown dealing oh. with a Gabby. Oh, fuck them, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, 
just on here too, this conversation, so we're on day 14 now, this conversation you're saying between Elton and David and, and they know that they're basically going to be one of them. And you're right, they're talking about prepping. David, David's really going on about the beer. He's obviously craving a beer at this stage. He's talking about prepping up the bar that he's going to be first at the bar, last to leave in, in the hotel with Guy. Uh, but Elton here, he's on the hamburgers. All he, He's pretty sure he's going to be eating hamburger. If, if he gets voted out, he's no saying steak. that he'll be eating no steaks. Well, it'd be probably steak sandwich. But, uh, but yeah, so, so they, they sort of already thinking, okay, they, and this is where obviously in this episode, we know that there's a good chance it's going to be one of these guys. Like they're already talking about, they've come to the realization, Hey, it's probably going to be the, the end of it for one of us, unless a miracle happens. But, um, but yeah, no, I thought that was pretty good that yeah, guys, uh, sorry, Elton's thinking about food. Dave is thinking about a nice cold beer. And it, again, comes to the editing. Like, you know, while we're going to have a section here, where we're going to really rip into the editing, but I mean, Again, let's be being a, a broken down record. Context, let's use that word. I haven't used that in a while. But it's 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 that bridging gap, bridging season, because this is what you need to do in an episode like this to create a bit of thought in your head. This is an obvious episode. Elton's going home. There's, there's no question about that. But, like, even early on, they're planting the seeds here that Gab could be in a bit of trouble. And, like, Gab doesn't get painted very well. And she does have one confession in this episode, which I will say, I kind of almost like appreciate Gab more as a player, the way she's admitting she's playing. And I kind of, I like it when you've got one, there's like Jane last season. It's like when you're kind of edited as kind of just that you're doing nothing and you're kind of useless. When you're in a confession, you're kind of admitting that's how you're playing. I've got no problem with that. That's a strategy. Like, good on you. And, like, Jane did it last. Queen Jane, sorry, Her Royal Highness. And Gab kind of says something along these lines. If, if you legitimately are useless and you're not doing anything and you're not even admitting to it and you think you're a good player, no. Okay, I'll have li- less respect for you. But, like, I kind of appreciate that from a player like this. So, Gab doesn't get a very good episode in terms of an edit, but she at least kind of owns the fact that she's almost saying, like, I don't really need to do anything. Like, I, I this is how I'm playing. Yeah, that, that confession you're talking about, she says that, that, that there's nothing out here that I can be an expert on. So she's better off just basically just having people tell her what to do. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm, a, I'm a bit like that. Even like if I if I, if I I know I'm going to be the better person at it or whatever, I'll just get in there and do it and I'll tell people, okay, you need to do this. But but if I know that there's better people to do a certain thing, I'm happy to step back and let them just be told, okay, yeah. Matt, you need to do this. And I'm, I'm that, yeah, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's... Yeah, but if it Great. obviously if she's becoming real lazy, that's going to be obvious. But but you know sometimes if you know some people are just happy to be hey just told if you need me to do something just tell me I'll go do it or you know 100%. you just tell me yeah so and obviously she, she she knows look she's out of her elements out you know camping out in the bush playing Survivor so hey you know just tell me what to do and I'll go do it but in saying that she's probably sunbaking a bit too often <laughs> yeah <laughs> well a lot of gab body bingo this episode can I just say yes. but like, I mean, that's, that's the thing like. Gab to me is a, is a strong, independent woman who's just she's got her own. Like she she's just Gab. That's just who she is, and she's not going to change her. Own. She's not going to fake out there and, and chop some trees down and do this. She's just going to be who she is, and it's got her this far so far, and it's going to get her further in the game as well. And you're right. Like I mean, what what else is she going to go out there and push herself and pretend to be someone that she's not? And and this is a strategy. Like like. This is, again, a big gripe I have with Bottom Survivor, that it's like, oh, you've got to do blindsides and idols and strategy. Like, this is a strategy. Like, Fabio in Nicaragua, like, he didn't make big moves. He didn't do this. He was just a sociable guy who everybody liked. And at the end of the day, what do you need to do to win Survivor? Have enough people like you to vote you in the end. I mean, do we really think if you were to, if this was like a sporting game and you had stats on paper and you were analysing everything and that sort of stuff, if you look at Sean and Shane Gould, as now, like Shane Gould in 1972, maybe. No offence to Sean, I don't know what she was like in 1972. But, like, 
are you realistically going to say Shani's going to lose to Shane Gould in Survivor? No, of course you're not. But at the end of the day, Shane did enough to get an extra vote to win of the game, and she is now a winner of Australian Survivor, where Shan, unfortunately, is a two-time runner-up. Doesn't mean Shan's a bad player, but she just ultimately hasn't cracked that bit at the end. And ultimately, all you need at the end is those votes. And if Gab had gotten to the end against, I don't know, Elton, maybe she would have won. I don't know. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a genuine strategy. And... It's not flashy. It's not the golden god. It's 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 not these type of players. And sure, some people don't appreciate that because they think that's how you play Survivor. But no, that's not how you play Survivor. It's one of the ways you play Survivor. Um, anyway, that aside, we get a lot of fun stuff here. Um, kind of just before the reward challenge. So Timber! we get Timber <laughs> mixed with Justin Melvy and Elton getting flattened by this branch. The thing, like. Justin has a great reaction here. And also, like, is this the first... I think we've mentioned before he's got the Yankees cap on, but we get a lot more Yankees. Like, it's kind of the baseball cap season. They're trying to be very Boston Rob-esque, you know. We've got the St. Louis Cardinals mixed with the New York Yankees. But, again, it's just Elton's reaction. Elton, like, this is a guy who, you know, had a profession where he got hit in the head a lot. So, like, it's kind of he's used to it. But, like, he just he's on the ground, like, oh, like, smacked in the head with a tree. It's not quite getting hit in the coconut. We're just like, oh! But, like, he's still there. But then, like, the editing, this is why I love the editing, because you got Timber mixed with breakfast! <laughs> like, our, our seventh wonder of the ancient world has got a pair of pipes and breakfast! <laughs> when he's on the show, if he doesn't give us yeah. a breakfast! <laughs> Do you reckon, this is why, like, obviously he loves being in his kitchen. Do you reckon, obviously, Gabby's probably sunbaking. You've got Elton and Justin breaking shit. You know, we got... <laughs> Nicole and Imogen, they're out doing girly stuff, working out how they're going to get to the end of the game. And then you've got this, you've got David Oldfield in the kitchen. He must love it when he gets to that stage where he's got all the dishes ready. And then that, yeah, just, I love the big breakfast call. Uh, I mean, that's his thing though. He, this island, pot, and, okay. We've had in the past, we've had the zesty salads, the steaks, yep. not now we now have we is this the first time we've seen the island porridge or is yeah, this a new no, thing? I, I, think, it, I think we've seen it, but I don't think it's been explained to us before. So yeah, which I like this because like again, it's just, it's it's underrated funny because you kind of you see this slop and it's just basically all like poor poor and water wait, and coconut. Wait, isn't they, it? they said it's, it's chunky baby food. Well, that's, basically, that's what so. I love. Like I love the and just the way David Oldfoot explains it, like. Because he's a politician, he's got the gift of the gap. He talks like this is, you know, what he does. And this is the type of politician I used to love interviewing when I was in radio was kind of the one who could play along with you. Like when you got like the serious, stern politician, even when you're having a bit of fun, they're going to talk about their policies. And you're like, all right, get it, mate. Like, come on. But like when you had these politicians who got what you were doing and could banter with you, like... I like when Dico the other episode was kind of like give me a simple answer and he doesn't see politician I see that all the time on radio it was fun like I'm going to give you a yes or no question and you have to answer and they would never answer it and I would interrupt them and go see politicians answer like you just jump in David's that guy but like the way he explains this like the way he's like, oh yes it's a bit of baby food like it's just it's got this zest and personality to it. like David Oldfield would be brilliant on Modern Survivor. Like, he, like, Channel 10, he would get so many sound bites out of him. Like, he would be able to banter. Like, him and the Golden God. Imagine him and the Golden God playing <laughs> together. Like, that would be fascinating. Two Davids, two of the best David. Again, David is a name in Australian Survivor that just lives up to its fame. Like, the, you, if you've got the name David in Australian Survivor, you're a bloody good player. Um, well, add, but, add David Haas in that. We'll do the triple well, threat. That's what I am. That's what I mean. Like yeah. I'm, I'm including yeah. David Haas in that because, like, you just you can't not say like there are only three Davids, aren't they? And they're they're amazing. If we yeah. if we did a rankings episode of ranking the first names of Australian Survivor who have three or more, 
you know, clearly the mats would be in the middle, you know, because it's been a good, 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 good mats. And then there's you. Um, but David, like, God, top of the pile. But, um, yeah, we then lead into, I'll obviously get you to read the tree bow, but can I just say, actually, I, one important thing is David talking about the block of four. That's an interesting little strategy mm. that he brings up, which is important to say, because, like, you know, David is always thinking, like, you know, it's the seventh wonder of the ancient world. He's, he's thinking his plans, and he's so versatile. Um, but I love... I love the tree bell because, like, again, say the Gab doesn't really get a very good episode here. When this tree bell gets read out and Gab's in his silence, Gab's like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I did like that at the end. And they're like, ah, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, Gab's, Gab's not painted very well this episode. Can I just say that? No. But, um, yeah. uh, you, you mentioned that, that David Oldfield has the gift of the Gab. Now, he reads a tree mail out. I put here... A little note on, is he the best ever to read out tree mail? The way he delivers the tree mail, he, he, I just love, I love how he does it. It's great. But anyway, I'm going to try. I'm not going to, I'm going to do my own version. Not that I can't do the David Oldfield version, but okay. Tree mail. If you like the sound of a little break, the muscles in your back starting to ache then get ready to jump back in the sea. Remembering teamwork is the key. The first to reconstruct their tower will enjoy more than a hot shower. Yeah. I mean, not quite David Alford, but it, it, they've at least gotten better on their, uh, you know, lyrics on, on celebrities. So I remember that first episode where it was just like, go to a challenge, you might win. And then they want to yeah. stick, you know. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's good. And David is there. Just actually on that, I just, I, we might have done this before, but hell, we like to repeat things. How would you rank the three Davids, Matt? If you had to rank them right now, and you can do yeah. it by better player or by favoritism, it's up to you. Oh, geez, that's a hard one because you know David Haas is like my favourite player of all time, and I, uh, and of course, but then of course David Oldfield's my, my favourite player of this season, and and then the Golden Gods won. So I mean, oh shit, you'd have to make you have to. I'd say even, but I'd say the, I know that that's a politician answer right there. But um, but yeah, it, I think it's too hard to rank them because they're, they're different. They're different styles of players. Very good point. Good, good safe answer. How are you going to be uh, Whaler's Way later this year, 20th anniversary reunion coming soon? Uh, you're staring the beautiful bald man in the face himself. Like, are you, are you going to like? You're going to cry? You're going to get nervous in the knee? Like, are you a starstruck man, Matt? Like, what's uh, going to happen? It's going to sit there and enjoy a nice chartreuse with him. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to bring some? Are you actually going to bring some? You know it will happen. You know it will be there. I know. Oh. Am I spoiling a surprise? If I jumped ahead here, he's giving me a look. I'm like, uh-oh, I've ruined something here. <laughs> Um, go ahead, go ahead. Go. You know, no, no, I insist, Mr. Dyson. No, no, no. I was just gonna, I was just gonna put us back on track. I was just gonna say that, uh, yeah, I did enjoy how Gabby here. She's she's mentioning about uh, she's been a bit worried about her skin, and she, she's obviously so used to the manicures and the the creams and the taller trees and stuff. And yeah, I think like you said, the the edit this episode, it's sort of showing that she's struggling out in the bush a bit, and and that uh, I mean, obviously. Looking into it too, with that edit, you can sort of see that her her team's gonna gonna win, and she's gonna get to enjoy this reward. Also, but uh, yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say one thing. I was looking at the confessional too. We we're talking about hats. I like Gab's hat, like a kind of I don't know what the U is, like the grey. Do you know what that brand is? Or I don't. Well, is it not the Under Armour? Maybe it is. Like it's just got like a yeah. U on it. It's kind of like a yeah, grey yeah, black. Yeah, Under Armour. But it's talking about hats like, too. Sort of I, I never noticed. Well. I never. I know um, the the old sun visor. Elton has one, and I thought the first time we'd seen a sun visor was um was it was it andrew uh what's um from the season oh, after- yeah, yeah yeah golf guy yep yep yes and that but that, I, i've never noticed i don't know if we've seen it before i've never noticed it but but uh, elton's rocking a, a sun visor later on in this episode too so i don't i've never noticed it before 
Yeah, no, I think, um, and I think, I'm pretty sure if you look carefully, it might also have a, um, a baseball team logo on it. I could be wrong, but, um, maybe I'm just, uh, pointing that out. Um, Dicko's rocking a good look here. Like, again, he's got kind of just the casual, it's like almost like a best and less shirt with the sunnies. Like, you know, Dicko's just, you know, he's had a nice casual breakfast at his resort. He's had a few mimosas. He's had the bacon and eggs. He's, Dicko's like... Dicko is getting better as this season goes on because I think Dicko's just having so much fun. Like, he signed on to Channel 7, big multi-million dollar contract. He was stuck in a studio somewhere in Sydney, you know, yelling at Paulini, telling her she's fat, all this kind of stuff. Fucking Dicko's living the life here. He's off in resorts in Vanuatu, just, you know, cruising with his fellow celebs. Like, look how casual and chilled he is here with his shit. Like, this is this is Jonathan LaPaglia, you know, in your season. He's a bit more cash. He's a bit more laid back. He's had a couple of seasons under his belt. Dicko's taken seven episodes, but here, like, can you imagine how good Lincoln would have been by, like, se- season three? Like, I mean, he was good just, enough in season one, but come on. Just remember, I mean, it wasn't all glam for him over in Vanuatu. He, <laughs> he, did, have, he, he did have to get a big green amber petty turd out of his toilet. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not all glamorous for the for Dicko, but, yes, he, he's really, I think by this stage, he's really, he, you look back from the first episode to now, like, you can see he's definitely getting better in hosting this show. So. Yeah. And uh, he's sort of yeah starting to do his own thing and 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 bit more yeah he, he's still giving it to the contestants he, he puts his own flavour on the show which is great. Well, um, we get David gets a chance. Who are the best politicians here? And we get Justin and Gab basically being the team captains, and we're going to form our little teams. Do you like this? Do you like kind well, of this sort of unintended choice that David makes? I- I don't mind it. The only problem is that it means then David never got a chance of being one of the captains. Not that it really matters because they're, they're just picking teams. But, yeah, that's the only thing I could say against it uh, is, is it meant that, that obviously by by uh, Dicko giving um, David the option to, to pick the two, obviously not knowing it was they were going to be captains, it meant that, that, that David – I don't know. It's a quick way of doing it, isn't it, instead of having to – Draw rocks or whatever they want to do. Um, yeah, it's a quick yeah. way of doing it, so I don't. I don't mind. Just another note too. This this challenge reward challenge is called the Vanuatu Volcano Ben. Yes. I still love it. You know, I love when they've got names to it. So yeah, the Vanuatu. Too. And can I just say, I absolutely love this challenge. Before I get the challenge, there's obviously the reward part we want to talk about as well. But but I do am a big fan of this challenge. I think it's one that definitely should come back. Well, Dicko thinks it's a corker. Matt Dyson. Um, so, you know, it's good when Dicko, oh, I think this one's a corker. Um, and, yeah, so basically the reward here. Uh, sorry, the Vanuatu Volcano. So it's, it's that classic game. I don't know what that game's actually called when you, like, I, I used to, my grandma, she had, like, a box of, like, toys and that when you go over and play. And this was one of them where you had to get, like, the little disc to the other side without. But I always sucked it. I'm not good at these brain teaser ones. But I like it. Like, this is such a simple game. Like, this, this, this episode has simple challenges, but they make them exciting. Like, you literally yes. have this game and Tangrams, which I'm so excited for Tangrams when we get to it. I'm a big Tangram Thailand defender. Uh, not quite Tangrams, but I like to call it Tangrams. But, um, yeah, like, it's a simple concept. You got to, But, like, you put it on a grand scale. Like, you know, like, literally season one, and we had it in Australian Outback, the, the put the four-colour dots in a row and things like that. You get, Like, it's just a simple game you play as a kid. You used to get those books from the news agency where you filled it in. Like, you could have a giant word search, and you have in Survivor, like, and make it exciting. So, yeah, I'm with you. I like this. Um, but, yeah, it's this, so the reward essentially is uh, that you get to go to a resort. I think this is just Dicko's house. Um, you get to have a shower, fluffy, ta- best of all, fluffy towels. Um, you get to have a, a big old feast. 
Uh, you'll get to have your clothes washed, which is always a positive. The, the, I like, I love this. I, I absolutely love this. The one thing that I want to like as a, as a slight criticism, and this is just the fault of the season. As you said, we're like on day 14. Day, this is two weeks in. Like, I know this is only like, what, a 26-day season. We're more than halfway through, so I get it. But 25 like, days, Ben. 25, 25 days. days. Sorry. So, like, you know, well and truly halfway through. But, like, kind of, I get it's episode seven. We've been watching this for a while. It feels like a lot longer. You know, we're going to get the winners very shortly. Oh, I haven't. I don't even recognise us. What civilization? Like, anyone who's playing Australian Survivor in 2021 is laughing. Like, day 14 is you're barely still on rice. <laughs> You've still got, yeah. like, a month to go. Um, so, like, that's, but again, it's this season. We know it's a shortened season, so they're going to only criticism. But I love it. And I actually really like this challenge. It's entertaining. So the teams, we should mention, we have David, Imogen, and Gabs, and we have Elton, Justin, and Nicole, who are lost. I mean, uh, just absolutely Nick, lost. It's, it's Nicolini, Ben. Nicolini. Sorry. Isn't that yeah, a Justin, type of... Ju- just, I don't know. Justin calls her Nicolini. Isn't that a type of chicken? Chicken <laughs> Nicolini? Um, but... Uh, yeah, and we get Dicko getting a bit of a different. It's not play hard, play safe, play to win. It's play hard, play smart, and play to win. I like it when Dicko changes it up. I like that a little bit. Um, and, yeah, we get a couple of... I've written a few Dicko one-liners here. They've got no idea how to solve the puzzle. The brain's starting to suffer lack of sustenance. Um, the red team gets pampered tonight. Uh, so, ultimately, David, Imogen, and Gabs win. Uh, I mean, when you got David and Imogen on a team, you- you're going to win. Like I, th- I think kind of you've got you've got two pretty smart cookies on that team. Not to take away from Gabs, but uh, yeah. Can I can I just say, Ben? Now I'm thinking about it. You know, you're probably right. This reward is is probably this where Dicko's stay, staying. It probably is Dicko's place well, while he's in Vanuatu. I, I thought this was a challenge that he joins him for a while because I feel there's at least one he does sit down with him for dinner. Might be even two. Like Dicko's just getting in on it. Like I mean, I know like in the early days of, of Survivor, Jeff would join, but Jeff would only join for like. Five minutes. Like, I, I think the Borneo bar, he stayed with Kelly Wiggles for the whole thing, but there's the Australian Outback. Doesn't he join Colby around the campfire for, like, five minutes and he just buggers off? Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like, Dicko, he's not buggering off. No, bloody <laughs> I'm going to join me, bloody friends. It's fucking disco. Fucking have a margarita. Let's just bloody play hard, play drink, and play to win all night. Like, that's what Dicko... <laughs> like, this is the beauty of Dicko. You talk about appreciating Elton. Like, I love Dicko more. I used to bag out Dicko as a terrible host. This guy's fucking brilliant. Bring back Dicko as a host of Australian Survivor. <laughs> I'm just picturing it after after David and Imogen and, and, and Gabby leave, and then obviously Dicko moves his stuff back in, and he, yeah, I'm just picturing it. Now he goes back to the toilet, and you just hear it. Like, this is in the edit. This is in the uncut scenes that you see you know, behind the scenes. He's like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, not again. <laughs> not again. The toilet's clogged. The whole time he's in Vanuatu, he's just, ah, oh. but, um, but yeah, look, they win. They win an overnight stay in a luxury private villa. They get full prampering. They get a fish dinner, breakfast. They get a warm, hot shower. And they get all their clothes washed as well, which would be a big thing. i tell you what. I mean, I know I was only out there for two for two days and, and I stunk. My clothes stunk. But, uh, you know, when you actually get a proper wash with um, with some, you know, washing powder and stuff, it would make a big, big difference, you know. So... You're right. It's only two weeks in, but Ben, it's the seventh episode. They've got to do it eventually, and they they yeah. have some bigger bigger reward challenges going forward anyway. So I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, like I look at nitpicking because again, we're more than halfway through the season now. We sort of didn't really point that out that we're into the home stretch. Um, so of course you're going to have like on a regular season, more than halfway, you're going to do this. Um, and plus there's celebrities like you, they they have to go out with the rewards here, and we've we've already been sort of talking about how rewards early on were big, and here we are again. But I don't want to take away from it outside of a little bit of a nitpicking. It's great and. I mean, it's 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 perfect that we get fucking David Oldfield, this what like fifty something politician, 
out there, you know, guy who's actually, you know, better shape than most people give him credit for. Uh, 47. Sorry, David. You're not quite in your 50s yet at this point. Um, with, you know, these two beautiful women, uh, Imogen Bailey, you know, international supermodel, uh, and, and Gab, international supermodel, essentially. I mean, God, like, come on, like, married or not, you're going to be like, oh, I might enjoy this night. Like, you know, like, it's it's not the worst thing that could ever happen to me on Vanuatu, but we get some of like, yeah, thug life, man. I want you to go into this, because, like, just this moment well, when they're all in the shower, and then, <laughs> what does he say, like, are you so decent? He, he, no, he, he, you look yeah. decent to me. Okay, so you got you got to set the scene here. So you, you mentioned, obviously, these two beautiful women in the shower together. They've got, they got their bikinis on or whatever, so they're, they're not naked, but... But, of course, they're, they're having a nice hot shower. David, being a gentleman, he's in the bedroom outside, but he wants to come in. So he yells out. He asks him, are you girls decent? And Imogen yells out, yes. And then, of course, Gabby, she holds it for a second. Then she's like, no, no. David walks in, and he's like, ah, oh, you look decent to me. And then, But what cracks me up, he, he gives a little look look down. He goes, you look decent to me. Yeah. And, then he, and then he does this thing with his lips. Yeah. And it's almost like he's licking his lips. I tell you what, if that's not – the only thing that would have made this more of a thug life moment is if the next shot was David in the shower, like having a shower with him. That, I mean, that, that, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was got, – got to admit, I replayed it. it was, it's, it's David Oldfield at his bed. And, like, of course, look, obviously we're having a bit of a laugh about it. It was – all innocent, you know, like, but I did like the fact that, yeah, he asked me, are you decent? And then you get Gabby, she's playing along with it. She's like, no, no. And then, yeah, he walks in and, Which, oh, it's. I got, I got to say, Matt, like, and again, I'm not trying to be that guy or play that card. You're not, you're not airing this in 2021. Like, we, we get we get in Channel 10, like, uh, what was the season when they were perving on the, was it uh, Lockie's butt or something like that, and the women are just like, oh, come out to the beach, like someone's naked, like, you sort of... It's, I think it was, it, was at Lee, it was at Lee's butt, I think, Lee, Lee and but, Johnny. But, but I swear, yeah. um, Lockie's first season, the whole thing was like, oh, didn't he get, like, was. dacked in his first challenge or something yeah, like that, and all the right, girls were like, right. oh! So, like, again, like, times have changed, like, it's, you know, but that, like... Yeah, like, I, even I feel like a little... It's not that I feel uncomfortable watching this. I guess it's just we're so in tune now to kind of being different in society. So I'm like, yeah, you're not going to show this in 2021. There would be a lot of uh, complaints on Twitter about this. But it's brilliant. Like, it's just funny. Like, you get that lip, little li- lick of the lips. The li- and, lip, lick of the lips, yeah. Yeah, and I oh. like... When we get David on this show, like, I, you know, we're not going to dredge up his personal life because I'm, I'm pretty sure he's no longer with his uh, wife that we will meet in this season. But, um... You know what does what does one's wife think? Like if you're on Survivor, Matt, and and you've got a situation like this, you got Shoddy and Fenella in a shower, and you're oh, it looks pretty good to me, and you look you're like, you know, I don't think Hanan's gonna be watching to go. Oh, you're right, Matt. Yes, no, they look pretty good in the shower. Good call. <laughs> like I don't think she's gonna be sitting. I mean, maybe you've got a very comfortable relationship. I don't know. Uh, but you might be on the couch that night. <laughs> you know what? I, I always love that you always bring up Shoddy and Fenella in these situations as well. I think you've got. I, mean, a, I think. I think secretly you've got a little crush, Ben Waterworth. Well, I mean, you shared a picture of one of them recently, and I was like, okay, yep, yep, I see something there. But you know, we know they're never coming on this show, so maybe I can get away with things saying a little <laughs> bit more about them. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this whole situation is great. Like, I love this whole reward, and I like the little bit when they all go to sleep at night. Like, good night, day, good night. You know, kind of like, uh, what was that old show when they used to do that? When everyone was like, night, Tim, boy, night. Was that Anna Green Gables or Little House on the Prairie or whatever it was? Um, but I also like the cut back to Vanuatu Beach when you've got, is it um, Justin who's washing his shorts with a rock 
And is, is he the one who says that maybe I'm not winning these, uh, maybe I will win or something because I'm not a threat or like maybe I'm not winning these challenges because that makes me not a threat, which really made me like Justin. Like I don't think mm. he's throwing challenges deliberately, but that's kind of his line in this episode where we've sort of talked about how, you know, he's not one of the guys, but he's kind of him almost saying like, well, I am a guy and no one's, you know, thinking I'm a threat because I'm not winning anything. And like, again, I always think that that's a very smart play. Like when you have these people, like I think Earl famously, you know, when he won Fiji was basically like, well, you know, I sucked at challenges, but maybe I was doing that deliberately because like, you know, then I don't have a target on my back and I can get away with doing more. So I like this little scene with Justin, although I'm not too sure about the method of washing a pair of shorts with a rock. I, I don't know about that. Uh, the old stone bath. Yeah, I think yeah. they call that the old stone bath. Maybe I'm just a, too, you know, high class. I need a washing machine. Yeah, I think yeah. that's how they do it in kind of like India and stuff. With you know, if they don't have a washing machine, they do the old sto- the, the old stone bath and stuff. But we, we just um, got washing machines in Tasmania, Matt. So I, yeah. know, I don't like to talk. <laughs> I, about I should have said that. I'm sure that's what they do in Tassie. But uh, <laughs> you know, it, it is good. It is good play. It's, it's good hearing Justin sort of talk about that and saying, "Well, hey, I'm not really winning much, so I'm not going to be a threat." But also, too, they go back. We're seeing more of this reward challenge, and, and we saw it at the start. They're, they're looking in the mirror. We've got uh, the, the weight loss. They're all commenting how much weight they lost. Imogen's obviously lost a lot of weight. She uses the word um, bedraggled again. It's like the third time I've heard this word this season. I don't think before this season I'd ever even heard that word, but I, I, I would use the word disheveled or something like that. But but uh, so obviously they, they're loving this word for this season. That's the, that's the cash phrase. But, um, yeah. Um, they mentioned David Oldfield. He's loving, he's having a shave. So he obviously being a politician, he would have been shaving all the time. He would have been getting up, no doubt every day shaving. So he's doing that here. I, I would just let my beard grow. But, yeah, me too. Um, that would be an honor. Yeah. That'd be survivor yeah, badge of honor to let the facial hair grow. Ab- yep. Absolutely. I think that, cause you know, by the time you fit, the longer it gets, then means he's obviously the longer you've been yep. in the show. But, uh, but yeah, so he, sh- I actually, I actually, to be honest, I hate when they allow people to shave, like yeah, guys too. to shave their beard. I almost think they shouldn't shouldn't allow it because it shows you, you know, as you get on, you see that progression of them being out the show and looking, looking a bit more uh, bedraggled anyway. But, yeah. uh, but they too mentioned Gabby has a confessional. She mentions that David actually spent more time in the bathroom than, <laughs> than, uh, than the, the two girls put together. So that, that, that puts it to me, Ben, I'm going to put it to you. What, what was he doing in the bathroom for so long? Is it, do we have well. a case of like, do we have a case of uh Maybe a bit of something about Mary, that scene where he uh, is in the well, bathroom. Because, you know, when you were, people people get hurt if you go out with a loaded gun, Ben. You were you were mentioning before about, you know, the thug life moment if you joined him. I thought you were saying he was about to go into the shower and have a wank. But that's what I'm getting at. Why was he, he – we already in, saw him shaving, but what was he doing in that bathroom in for the longest – I mean, Matt Dyson, like, you know, like – I'm going to – Please, yeah, I want to hear I, this. I, I'm, I'm just going to put it to you, but I'm going to put it right here to our list. Was he rubbing one out? Yeah, like, come on. He was he was having a tug. He was, you know, going the old, uh, you know, hairy hand, hand palms. Like, I, I think, you know, men, as men, and I'm not saying women don't do it as well, but I'm sure that if you were to analyse the statistical prowess of masturbation, men probably do it a little bit more. And that's one thing that I've always questioned going on Survivor. Like, can you last that amount of time. And I know in the early days of Survivor, when people were still wondering about it, like I think there was that, uh, the, um, I remember the Australian Outback clip show when they're back from the Outback and kind of you saw each of them, you know, in their everyday lives and you see Jeff Varner doing like a hundred different interviews and there's a radio host who literally goes, did you masturbate on Survivor? Um, and I think for some reason there was a rumor 
for a while that Colby used to just kind of sneak off into the uh, the old Australian Outback trees and rub one out a little bit. I don't know. So maybe David Offit, 14 days is a long time for some. So uh, he's with two beautiful women. He's away from his beautiful wife. It's well, natural. The, he's in the, a private the, villa. The environment, the environment was was perfect for him. If he was going to do it, if he was ever going to do it on Survivor, he couldn't have got a better environment. He's there with two beautiful women. He's just seen him in the shower. He's all of a sudden taking a little bit extra long, a little bit extra time. Like you know, when it gets to that stage where you've been in there a little bit too long, and it gets to that stage where you know that you that yeah, your partner or your friends where they're thinking like, hang on a sec, he's been in there a little bit longer than he probably should have, you know, and and uh, well, Either that or we saw him shaving his beard. Was he doing a Luke Toki? Is he the original guy? Was he shaving his balls? Well, hey. We saw know. Luke Toki. Luke Toki did it on his first season, but maybe David Oldfield is the first ever Australian player to shave his balls. Carpet's got to match the drape somehow. So, <laughs> you know, there's that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, the thing I like about him in the mirror here is that he's, like, he's not just shaved. Like, he's full on, like, you know, he's checking him. He's, 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 he's looking out and he got to say... Looking quite good here, David Oldfield. So, like, I'm with you. Like, I this is my biggest conflict. If I ever won a reward like this, like, I kind of almost wouldn't want it. Like, part of me wants, if I ever got the Survivor experience and I lasted a long time, part of me would like to do the whole 39 days or 50 days without a shower, without a reward. Like, to go that long, to say that I went 50 days without a reward, I went 50 days without a shower, like... I don't know, like, it's just a badge of honour. Because, like, the thing I think about this is, as great as it would be to go and sleep in a bed, and that, and I think even it's Imogen who says it, it's like, how are we going to go back to the camp tomorrow? Because you're going to go back the next day, you're all fresh and clean again, and all of a sudden you're going to like, oh, I'm going to get dirty again. So it's kind of, you know, that that to me is is the one thing. But, yeah, um, I'm just, uh, this is a weird sentence I never thought I'd say. I'm just now thinking of David Oldfield having a wank. Um, so... Yeah, I prefer to um, use the word rubbing one out, then. But uh, oh, look, look, I'm know, Australian. Maybe, I'm, I'm proud of punch. Use the word wank, Matt. Come on. Look, maybe, maybe we'll, maybe if we have enough balls, uh, no pun intended, we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll ask him whether he uh, shaved him or, or what, what he was actually doing to be. Because you got to think, Gabby would have been in that bathroom a long time. Imogen would have been in that last bathroom a long time. So for Gabby to say that he was in there longer than them two put together. It begs the question, did, you know, did he get a little bit carried away and get himself and into you, a bit of a, fr- a frenzy or something? And let's be honest, if this was Justin Melvey there, you probably would expect him to. He's an actor. He's, he's worried about his appearance. But for the politicians, like, this is, again, the editing. It's just a silly little sly joke. It's just kind of passing it off. This is still 2006, the age of the metrosexual kind of being born. So it was still a bit of a – it was a bit funny for, like, the man to be grooming himself. Like, it, it wasn't as accepted as it is today. And you've got this politician who's doing it. So, like, it's kind of – I get it. It's funny. It's There's a couple of dated things in this episode that, again, maybe don't hold up that well. But, I mean, we watched it in 2006. We're, we're old enough to remember the humour of 2006 but uh i do like sort of the when they get back um underrated humor here you know justin melvey's gone out of his way and he's oh this island porridge might be even better i like i love david coming back like my my favorite thing about david is not his reaction to the porridge is bloody broke one of my pots what a disaster (laughs) (laughs) he's he's not yeah, he's, yeah, go ahead. He's not, he's not happy, is he? He's not happy. His pot's, his pot's broken. Yeah. Justin sort of pretending he doesn't know anything about it. That's the Justin bit I love. Like, yeah, I love this nonchalant the- Justin. Well, I'm a bit rough. Did I do it? Did I not? Maybe. <laughs> bit rough with my hands. Bit rough yeah? with my hands. Like, oh, it's just, it's, again, it's just silly. It's just so silly, but it's fun. Um, I, I, should, I, should, I should point out too, Ben, we're now on day 15. So this is a little, with the last 10-day stretch here too coming up. But uh, yeah. But, yeah. 
it, it is it is gold. But yeah, it's good to see Justin trying to take control. He, he sort of mentions, I think, something about you know I'm going to try to start cooking the meals better for when he, for when David goes. So so you know, obviously Justin's got he, he's got no plans to keep David till the end. Which is again, it's just, he's a hard cookie to read because it's kind of like you don't get a lot of him, and then you'll get a kind of a cool little perler, and then even when you get his sort of like acting going on here about oh did I break it? Did I not? Like I go on about sort of the fakeness and like yeah, Justin Melby's hamming it up for the camera. Of course he is, but like. It's kind of like a Rob Dixon in that he's natural. Like, David Jeanette's natural. Like, there's a fakeness to when you ham it up for the camera. And then there's, like, Cochrane in Caramoan is so fake by the end of that season when he's hamming it up, saying that he's, like, this, you know, amazing player. Like, it just doesn't work. But, like, when you pull it off and you can kind of ham it up and it feels natural, like, I'm all for it. So, like, Justin, to me, is that guy. And, yeah, like, when he drops a few things here, you kind of appreciate Justin more as a player. And it's kind of... Oh, next week's going to be an interesting one to talk about it. But um, is it Elton here says um, it's all fun and games. Kind of he's still sort of, you know, trying to work out here what's going on. Uh, Gabby's talking about mirrors being evil that she doesn't want to, you know, she's, now that she's seen herself. And then David starts talking about the final four here. Is this when he starts talking about it um, with Elton? And then even David here is sort of like, if I lose immunity, I could be in trouble. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Kind of we've got a few little bits there before. But we don't we don't get another tree mail here, do we, Matt? So. No, we don't. Straight into the immunity challenge. So, Which I um, think I think I need to give you homework. Maybe you need when we don't have a tree mail. Maybe you need to come up with one. <laughs> Just an idea. Well, you know, I'm trying to think. Back in back in the day, was did they do tree mail for the reward and immunity challenge? Yeah, I think or was so. It, yeah, I think back I, in I, the early days of US, we would always see the tree mail. Like, well, in, yeah. I think in even season one, Australian Survivor, I'm sure they did too. I'm trying to remember, but. Uh, <laughs> we didn't like that was a lot more Jeff Probst explains like you know the he would sort of have a little montage on camera classic days of Survivor where you got the introduction video with Jeff Probst like come on Survivor Blair Witch with him in the camera one of the best sort of scenes you'll ever like if if you're a new school fan has never watched Borneo just go watch Borneo for Jeff Probst impersonating the Blair Witch like come on like it's brilliant um, uh, we, so we, we get Dicko telling David here that he looks 10 years younger with his beard yeah. off and that uh no, 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 no. you got to sell a bit of, you, tall boy at the back, who are you and what have you done with David? <laughs> I like how what, earlier in the season he's, he's, he's having to dig at him for being, what, 55 or something, even though he's only 47, and now and now he's telling, now he's giving him praise about how young he, he, young he looks. Oh. He looks 10 years Dicko doesn't know whether he loves him or hates him. This is gold. And what I mean, we've already given him the uh, the nickname, the seventh wonder of the ancient world. But he's also the uh, the Lord, the Lord Mayor of the Jungle. Um, I lo- oh, okay. Can I just say this? We know that Luke Toki he, he was talking about how he was the mayor and all that in his first season. But and I didn't re- I forgot all about this. But the original Lord Mayor was yeah. David Oldfield. Once the original Lord Mayor, I love it. Tell tell me a a contestant in Australian Survivor who has more nicknames. The Master Tactician, the Puppet Master, the Lord Mayor of the Jungle, the Seventh Wonder of the Ancient World. I mean, this he's a wrestler. What was what's his face in Champions vs Contenders too? Maddie, like an you know like wrestler. Like I want David Oldfield in the okay. ring. Donald Trump did it. Why can't David Oldfield? He's got all these nicknames. All right, Ben, I'm going to put this to you live on air here. So obviously. We know you're you're the king of the social media stuff for, for ASA. Luke Luke Tokies, he's he's got a long list of names, right? Can we put like a photo up of them both side by side with then the list of names that they are, and just and we'll we'll get a vote going about you know who has the better titles because I mean Luke Luke's got some great ones, but 
they're almost. I think Luke's ones. He, he's giving them to himself. Where where David Oldfield, yeah. people are actually giving him these names. Like hundred percent. That that is as gangster as you can get. Like that's that's just. I mean, you're actually getting given these names, not just coming up with them by yourself like Luke Toki does. Yeah, 100%. people are actually people are actually feeding him these lines. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you, and that's the difference. Like. I can tell you now that Luke's going to win that vote on social media because every time we do these, like, Channel 10 versus Channel, you know, 7, like, always when we recently did the, the guy versus David Jeanette face, uh, you know I, know, I know we did uh, the big dog versus Ben. Uh, so, you know, I can tell you Luke will win. But, like, yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, it's, 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 yeah, David gets given them, whereas Luke gives them to himself. So, you know, gangster versus a little bit cocky. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> You know, oh. just putting it out there. But and, um, uh, I do, yeah, I do like the, the, talking about when you're about the ten years younger. And David did, did come back with that that the old guy died. I'm stepping in. I thought that was quite funny. But uh, I, I love the band. You've got to have oh, that, you've got to have the banter, the banter between the banter between. And JLP does it. Obviously, he's doing it even more these days. That banter and stuff. And and um, you know, and I think that's great. I think I I, I like the fact a host having banter. You know, and yeah. obviously, and that's. Yeah, you know, Paul Lincoln House. I mean, back then he was told not to have that. So where you know, yeah, the boat great. give me me bloody boat back. Well, Come on. yeah, and that's and that's right. No, and that was brilliant, and that was one of the highlights of the you know of him in the season. But but you know, I mean, it's good that you know Dicko's obviously this is an older season, but even now at JLP, I do love seeing that banter between hosts and contestants. Which I mean, I, I remember when I put the clip together of JLP in the uh, the Hall of Fame. Like, what's that one when he does the eh, bro and he does like the horns up and then <laughs> yeah, yeah, one, yeah. one of my favorite little moments from All Stars is when he just bags out like nice shorts by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> that was, was that to, was that to Lee, wasn't it? Yeah, because he had like yeah, ice cream on yeah. his shorts. Like, ice cream. Like, yeah, that's right. And you're right, like, I look forward to Channel 10 just because, like, I was a bit critical of JLP early on, but he's really warming into it now and just he's kind of his banter, like, he's just brilliant. And, like, you're right, like, that's what you want. Like, Propes has kind of got the banter down, but sometimes I feel like Propes doesn't do the banter as much as he used to. But, um, yeah, like, some of the best stuff, like Penner versus Propes back in the day was some of the best stuff you had. But, anyway, yeah, the banter here's on point. Um, you know, just Dicko that. And even Dicko here, again, just the comfortableness, that's a word, of Dicko here. He's like, what he's talking about here, so basically this challenge is, I call it the Tangrams, but it's basically you got to make patterns. It's a memory one where, you know, back you used to have like, I'll show like four colours, put the dots in order. This one's fucking hard. Like this is like a I love this challenge. I love this challenge. Love I love. It. I'm not saying I don't love it. I just I would yeah. suck at this. I would. I'm not good at remembering the things at the best of times. So you've got like a star pattern. You got to remember the colors and everything. And then basically yeah. you get it wrong, you're gone. Or as Dicko says on his point, you get it wrong, you're gone. Like, you're gone on a naughty table. On a, but but uh, but um, the thing is too, like it, it, you're right. It's hard. You only get 15 seconds to look at it, and uh, it is a quick challenge. It's not gonna. It's never gonna last that long, and that, which is great. Um, but um, it, 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 you know, it's testing, it's testing their mind. I know they're only fourteen days, or well, fifteen days now into this game, but uh, I would love to see this in like a day thirty or something. Mm, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, I, I would even like to see something like this for like the first immunity at the merge, something yeah. like that. Where okay, all right, let's you guys are left. You're all you all hit the merge. Let's see who's got the best memory now. Let's see who's who. You know, his mind's still working. Let's do this challenge because. Let, let's be honest, it's not an expensive challenge to do, but you interact with it while watching because you start to try, you actually play along with it. It's a game that the viewers can play along because 
obviously you'll see when, when Dicko turns around, you see it and like, all right, yep, you try to start to remember what colours are where. And then when you're watching the plays, oh, no, no, that colour that color should go there, there. So you're getting that interactive experience as a fan watching it, which I love. I always used to like these sort of challenges when, yeah, I would try and remember it too, like when you're watching it live. So you'd see, the, yeah, they would have like the the dots or like um, they'd show a symbol. So it'd be like snake, you know, donkey, snake, donkey, you know what I mean, and put in order. The, this one's the hardest one though I've ever seen. Like, you know, uh, it's just, it's, yeah, I would I would be out first. But, um, and this is, David's going to win this one. Come on, this is like an Aussie in a swimming challenge or a guy leech in an Ironman challenge. Like, I mean, David's he's going to win this, and he does. But, like, the, the beauty of this one is just, again, it's the banter. So, basically, you know, we get Nicole eliminated, uh, Gads gets eliminated, Elton gets eliminated, it ends up being Justin, David versus Imogen, and David ends up winning. But just the banter where people get eliminated. So, Nicole's the first gone. She's cracking up laughing because she's loving life. She doesn't care. She sits in the naughty chair. And then we get Dicko, go on, Nicole. Oh, gone. Like, uh, <laughs> so after he goes, gone. You're gone. Um, then you've got, Cabby doesn't know anything. What does uh, Dicko say? The best thing I can say about it is that it's pretty. Uh, and then, <laughs> you're gone. You're gone. And even Gabs has a laugh. Oh, I'm going to the naughty chair. And then Elton's, when Elton's like, fucks up, what have I got wrong? And Dicko's like, there's too long to get into it. Go and sit down, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I but I also, I one thing I will say that I really appreciated here, Justin Melvey's cocky face. He's kind of got this almost like little like, mm, look at me, I'm so good face on him going here. And so I like the Justin Melvey cocky face. But, um, yeah, I mean, good final three here. Justin, smart cookie. Imogen, again, proving that she's a lot smarter than people probably give her credit for. And David ends up winning. David gets the ongoa, ongoa, a little chant going on. He gets called the Lord Mayor of the Jungle again and... Back-to-back immunity challenges, uh, one for our seventh wonder of the ancient world here. Yeah, David, look, yeah, it's a great challenge. It's a good victory. I think it's one that he'd be proud of too because it's, um, it, you know, it was a hard one. It's probably, yeah, the, the whole mind thing and, and, and remembering. But, uh, but yeah, uh, David wins two in a row. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it means, what do you reckon? It means Elton's going to be on the chopping block. Yeah, no, I don't know. don't know about that. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, even Ga- even Ga- even Gabby, her first confessional straight back is like, "Well, guess it's going to be Elton." So, yeah. like, and that's why I said at the start of this episode. Obviously, this episode it, it had some really fun points about it, had the challenge, but you kind of knew it was going into this episode. It was always going to be a David or Elton. Like, Felton wins immunity. It, I dare say it was going to be David go home. You know, David wins immunity. As soon as David won immunity, you knew then. Okay, Elton's done. Yeah, and like. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we've said a few times this is kind of an obvious episode, but at the same time, they, they go out of their way to at least get you thinking. Of course, they do, yeah. I like kind of just a few little lines here. Like, I like Elton kind of like going like, oh, you know, winning this would be fantastic. Um, and then, like, he's lying here. And, again, you know this is going to play out completely. I was almost thinking, like, Elton's going to go a bit badass here, the way he goes like, oh, there would have to be probably like a huge disagreement. Like, I want I want there this to be like Boston Robin All-Stars making Big Tom and Rupert fight. Like, I want Elton to, like, go and, you know, make, you know, Gabby and Nicole have a massive fight or something like that. But, um, yeah, I kind of like David here when he's basically, you know, saying, like, I'm still going to try hard here to save Elton. And we kind of get this whole plot of going on about not happy with Gabs. David brings it up to Nicole. Um, and, like, I like this this speech that David gives when he's kind of like, you know, like, I don't think it's fair that there's one person here contributing and he doesn't really have a choice or a say mm. in the matter. You've got someone who's just laying around and doing nothing. And then the way they kind of really edit this, 
um, you know, you really get Nicole kind of thinking that, oh, this could be on. And then even Gab's line where she's like, oh, have we not talked about who's going home tonight? Oh, well, you know, this, you know, going on there. Even David sort of mentions here about Justin being in the driving seat. So it's kind of like, you know, let's split up. I mean, again, Modern Survivor, you're going to split Dave, uh, sorry, Justin and, and Gab's up. So, and then we get that Elton mentions about, uh, sorry, David, Justin or David mentions that this would be an upset. Now, also, Matt, I want to maybe put a pinpoint here in history for Australian Survivor, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the very first time the word blindside is used in Australian Survivor? Elton says that if Gabs goes home, it would be a massive blindside. I can't mm. think of the word blind. Like, I know we talked about, you know, uh, Lance being the first blindside, but I, I can't remember if anyone on the show used it. Well, and yeah, please, I don't think. We, somebody we correct never... me if I'm wrong, but this could be yeah, the well, first ever use of a very yeah, commonly well, used word today. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't recall it being said in season one, Whaler's Way. So, yeah, you're probably right, blindside. And it's good that they're, that these celebrities are actually thinking like that. You know, they're thinking like survivors, you know, um, they're playing the game. So, yeah, to hear that mentioned, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably the first time in history. Because this is even a word I don't, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, that in US Survivor wasn't used a lot till sort of a few seasons in. Like you weren't saying blindside in season one. And, season. and these, you think of your famous Survivor phrases, blindside's up there. Like it's probably one of the most commonly used uh, phrases. So yeah, I just it really stood out to me. I'm like, Elton Flatley could be the first guy to use the word blindside in Australian. So there's a trivia, pub trivia question for you. Who was the first Australian Survivor contestant to use the word blindside? Uh, he sort of mentions about like, oh, you know, maybe I'll pack my bags, I'll do this. But um, yeah, look, it's obvious. We know what's going to happen. But I do like the little bit of a dangling carrot that it's kind of, like, ooh, maybe, Ooh. maybe Gab. And Modern Survivor? If they pull this off, if Gab went home, this would be a brilliant episode because, again, I, I like a good viewer blindside. You know, when all of a sudden you're so sure of it that even as a viewer, you're like, holy crap, I wasn't expecting that. So, unfortunately, we don't quite get that. But I don't know if you got anything to add before we get into Tribal. No, I think you covered it all, Ben. Sweet. Uh, I want to say about Tribal Council, Guy Leach and the uncomfortable stump. Um, that stump is how low to the ground? And poor Guy Leach has got a sore bum. And why does he have his sunglasses on his head? Because he's Guy Leach, he's an Iron Man. Why would he? You're talking about the first. Is that the first time we've seen someone walk in a tribal with sunglasses on their head? I, Probably. I, I, I had a bit of a laugh about that. Was Had he just gone for a bit of a surf and run like while it was daytime and then just, just said, oh, I'll, I'll meet you at tribal council? Maybe. And just basically, yeah. I don't know. He's cool though. He, I mean, you know, he's Corey Hart. He wears his sunglasses at night. Um yeah, I like. I just, I just love the look. Like, I always like looking at tribal councils when you see the jury and like if they've got a bench fine, but they've got these stumps. Like, this is a really uncomfortable looking stump. Um, it's kind of like how we mentioned at the beginning. How close does Dicko sit? Like Naomi from season one brought that yeah. up. Just like how close does Dicko sit to them? You know, um, another thing I've noticed too is, is it. Is it the most darkest tribal council we have in Australia? Yeah. Somebody, it's, it's, it's a bit too dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a little bit yeah. I, I'm like I, li- I like I like it that they've got all they've got the flames up behind them and like the fire and all that and stuff and like it looks great, but it just it needs a you know maybe just a bloody big light that you can't see off you know above just a little bit of extra light would be yeah. good. No, obviously they yeah yeah they're going for that feel obviously with the fire and all that, but I just yeah a little bit too dark. But it's a thing like uh, I mean the one tribal council you experience. Like, I mean, obviously you've got lighting and things like that. Like they do it to make it look like it's, you know, all dark and sinister with the things, but you've got sort of like camera lighting and all that sort of stuff above you, right? Mm. Or kind of at least, you know, filming you a little bit differently. So it it looks good on television. Um, This is it. Like, look, nothing amazing for the tribal council, but Dicko's on fire. Uh, We get David admitting that he actually hates politics. Uh, Gab likes it because she likes the fire. 
Um, and the sort of Dicko bringing like one thing I don't I question a bit here though is when Dicko's kind of like, oh, we're nearly transitioning from a team game to an individual game. Well, we're at an individual game. We're at the merge. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't get where you're going with that, Dicko. But I do love Dicko's like follow up questions here when kind of Nicole's you know talking about. Uh, you know, some people are pulling, and then Dicko, well, I can't leave a crumb like that without me having to follow up on it. <laughs> and sort of Nicole sort of ums and ahs and then basically gives another, another character. And Dicko's just kind of like, same question. And then Nicole, just ever the nice Nicole, um, oh, I don't think I want to answer that one. Um, which, again, like we talked to Lincoln. We sort of, you know, know how his style was in Tribal Council. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I've been critical about JLP sometimes about his lack of follow-ups, but he's getting better. But like Dicko here, like, I mean, this is what a tribal council should be. Jeff Probst, the king of this, like you dangle a carrot, you've got to follow up on it. It's, you can't stick to the script. You may come in there with 50 scripts about what you're going to ask these players, but if somebody dangles something like in front, follow up. Like, I mean, that's journalism 101 and I'm a shit journalist and even I know that. So yeah, I like Dicko's kind of doing this here and following up with it, but, um, yeah, no, it's um, it's 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 a decent tribal council on the fact that, you know, a couple of little one-liners here. Dicko's on fire. Gab's on fire. Nicole's on fire. It's it's decent. And uh, I, I like when David uh, they talk about Dicko asked David about the, the winning the two immunities, and he mentions to to Dicko, hey, I was given the first one. I won this one. And, and what does Dicko say? Something like, oh, take him, take him. And then David's like, oh, I took him, I took him. I thought that was pretty cool. Because, yeah. yeah. I, but that's where David is always thinking. He's just letting them know, hey, hey, like, I don't think I'm some immunity challenge beast. Like, the first one I was given. Yeah, and that's what politicians do. They're always, they just they just remind you, hey, hey, hang on a second. That's not actually quite true. Like, but he, I think David's the sort of bike. He just wants the true facts out there. He doesn't want people getting confused. Like, oh, Gee, he's won two in a row. He's a beast. He's going to have to go next. Like, hang on a sec. No, you gave me that first one. Really, I've just won. I've, yeah. yeah, I've just won one. Like, but he, he's just putting it in the back of their brain. Like, hey, hey, just don't forget about that first one. You gave me that one. So I thought it was it was smart by David. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, the the vote. Oh, yep. Go, Matt. Well, no, go. talking about the vote. Obviously, here Elton gets voted out. Um, we see we see um, David Oldfield vote for for Gabby. Now, we don't – I just want to confirm something here because this is weird. Because when Dicko reads the votes out, we're assuming Elton votes for Gabby as well. But when he reads them out, you only he only reads one for Gabby and then the rest uh, are for Elton. Obviously, they don't – there's one vote they don't show, which is which is Elton's vote. We don't, we don't actually see. But two things here. Does Elton actually vote for Gabby? No. I don't know if you can look that up. So he doesn't. No, he votes for Nicole. Okay, so this, mm. this, I assume that must have happened because I'm like, why, why would they, wouldn't they make it, you know, oh, two, two, you know, two votes Gabby, two votes, you know, uh, two votes um, Elton and make it, and then like, and then make it a bit, but then I'm like, why did they only read one vote? And then I went back and I looked and I was like, hang on a sec, something's going on here. Elton yeah. mustn't be on the same page. So, who I knows? don't know. This is an Elton question because like I'm trying to work that out too because yeah, I'm with you. Like, make it two, two. Um, cause anything can happen. I don't know if this is just a case of they a hundred percent know he's gone. So there's no point. Let's add another vote to Nicole. And let's be honest, this vote for Nicole will come back into play later in this season. So mm. maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe David, the, you know, the seventh wonder of the ancient world has said like, look, you're fucked. You're not going home. Throw an extra vote on Nicole. Cause down the line that might come into play. 
and that's smart because like I I'm an advocate for this pass vote rule in Survivor. I wish they would bring it back. So I mean that's strategic maybe or maybe Elton just had no clue what was going on. <laughs> he got hit in the head hard with that Brent. I don't know. But it annoys me they didn't even show. So even at the end, you know, when the credits are coming up, they don't show Elton's vote. Vote like why did they deliberately not show? Why didn't they just show it? Like let it, let the maybe, audience see. Yeah, oh, gee, don't know. he voted. Maybe, he voted for Nicole. Like maybe it comes into play again. The fact that they know these votes are going to come into play later on, so they want to keep it tense. Like you don't want to know. And again, I'm I'm basing this off a Wikipedia article. This could be wrong. Like we could get Elton the show and goes, no, I never voted for Nicole. I did. I did vote for Gabby. Like but, that's wrong. But, so and that's I don't what, know. But and that's what I'm saying. Like they didn't they didn't show it. I, I'm not saying that Dicko has to read that vote out. If it doesn't count mm. like you know like there's often votes that don't get read out because they don't need to but at least show it in the credits at the end i think every vote should be shown at the end. i don't know why they're trying to hide yeah. the, is that because they're trying to sell this edit that oh geez they were both trying to target gabby and with the i don't Probably. know but it's yeah. it's also i think too in a modern season you would lead with one vote for you know elton gabby and then you would show the nicole and you'd have like the shocked face like why is nicole yes. getting a vote yeah is exactly like, is there going to be a blind side here um, but yeah, we get, yeah, David says it should be you to, to Gab. Yeah. Um, she, what does uh, Gab say to Elton? You're the stiffest competition. Elton goes, uh, I like the little Gab smile we get. Uh, Elton walks off just like a rugby player. He's got a rugby player's walk, the way he kind of saunters off into the jungle. I don't think he's got any bags or anything. I think Elton's left them all behind. Um, yeah, we've got a bit, to, uh, I, I, you sort of usually go more on the final words and we'll eulogize Elton because I feel we've got a bit to talk about with the next week preview on, but I, I've written here, like, I kind of just, I like Elton's boys and girls, like, you know, do this, do that. And he's like, go hard boys. Like, I mean, just a very kind of almost like a after the game Wallabies interview with Channel 10, kind of, oh yeah, the game of two halves, like, <laughs> you know. The, the other thing too, with um, Dicko mentioning, that, that it's time for the guy, yeah, that the, the females are now um, outnumbering the, the guys. And it's for the, you know, after it, you know, obviously the girls were going at the start. So they've um, they've managed to basically get the numbers back in their favour. And Dicko's actually saying to the guys, oh, it's time for the guys to get together. But I, I don't know whether I'll actually like Dicko saying that because, well, Justin's obviously not playing with the guys. You know, he, he's he's got his alliance with the girls. But um, I thought that was a bit weird. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I just didn't sort of yeah. like that part. I just, I'll just say yeah, I'm with you. I kind of don't like when the host kind of calls out something like super obvious. Like I get what they're doing, but yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, Dicko would know, but maybe it's kind of a case of, oh, I'm going to spice things up by making this girls versus guys because Justin's yeah. still got a penis, so he's clearly a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, not saying that if you have a penis, you can't be a girl. Uh, I'm just saying in this context. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah. Um, yeah. Now, but before I read out uh, the final words, you want to talk about what's going on in the next episode? No, I want to save that because I, I just kind of want to just read that. I think we're just eul- we're right. on the Elton now. So let's eulogize him and go that because I feel like there's a bit of a conversation point on the next week's episode, I feel. So right, I feel cool. like we need to eulogize Elton and talk about him as well. So, um, yeah, so his, his charity was $5,000 for the Royal Children's Hospital. So great charity, obviously, can, can never go wrong with that one. And he basically just said, thanks, everyone, for the good times and that boys need to start aiming up now and uh, go home uh, go hard boys and see if you can pull it off so uh, so basically not much there he's rooting for the boys as you were saying before and uh, yeah he wants he wants to obviously one of the guys to win maybe David pull, pull it off like David did in this episode so yeah. you know um, anyway <laughs> masturbation jokes we've got plenty um, yeah like Elton you know we can we can eulogize him a bit more now because he's not going to come back spoiler alert but um, yeah like as we said at the beginning like I'm with you. I appreciate Elton more on this rewatch than I ever did. You know, he was just kind of always there. 
Again, if I went back and listened to when Cable and I ranked all the... Cond- I can't even remember we had Elton on the list. I'll, I'll pull that up maybe when you're talking. But it's... um, Yeah, like he's just got something about him. He's kind of got a silverness to him. Like he's just kind of fun when you pick out his little quirks. And yeah, he, he didn't have the best strategy, but he was social enough. People liked him. And he kind of he only went home because he was a threat. Like if this was a, you know... A different game when the the physicality wasn't coming into play, you probably would have made it further. Um, well, and <laughs> you know the challenge when they come back into it, if it was more of a physical one, you probably give him props coming in over someone like a Justin Melvey. But I I appreciate Elton. Like I I like him a lot more with this rewatch than I did. He's got some fun moments. He likes his fucking steak. Uh, and I, I'd I'd have a beer with Elton. Well, he, he reminds me of Johnny Easto from oh, yeah. obviously that's, All that's Stars good. and and yep. because like that. Those two players could play ten times Survivor. Yeah. They're never yeah. they're never going to be a flashy player. Yeah, you know, they're, they're there for a bit of humour. Um, you know, obviously Elton likes his steaks. Johnny Easto likes his his Mexican Palmers. You know, like they're there to sort of break. You know, just to, uh, a bit a bit of a laugh. Have a you know, be the nice guy. Yeah, they're, they're never going to be a flashy player. That's just not their personality. It's not the way they're ever going to play. But you're right, like um, Elton. I think you know. Do, did I want to see him on an All Stars? No, like he's not. Do I? Yeah, he doesn't need to return again and play Survivor. But I think rewatching this a couple of times here that you, you do appreciate what he actually brought to this show. And I, I think in the end it was a, it was good, you know, getting him on the show and 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 putting him in in Celebrity Survivor. Matt, it's Palmy, not Palmer. Don't be one of those but guys. I say Palmy, but John always says Palmer, so I'm just saying that in a. In that whole season, all we heard was Mexican Palmer. I'm a Palmy. I say Palmy, but I'm Good just. man. Uh, I don't know if that was a Queensland thing or you know something like that. Nah. Um, no, ben, you, you didn't even know. You didn't even know what DTs were. So don't don't you start. Touche. Yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I love these six degrees of separation. Like when we had the picture of uh, Deb, send us picture with Deb and uh, and Pia Miranda. It's like a nice little moment. Um, and then I, I remember I dug up because I, I, I just clicked. I'm like, well, Matt Rogers was a Wallaby. Elton Flatley was a Wallaby. They're probably from about the same era. And I know we shared, you know, probably a year ago, a picture of them playing together, like Elton Flatley and, and Matt Rogers. And then they recently in the last six months, like hung out and posted a selfie. Like, I just love these six degrees of separation. And like, I, I, I don't know. Like, we'll say this right now. As of right now, we don't know if Elton's going to be on next week. We're, 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 we're talking to Elton. We're trying to get him on the show. So uh, we'll say right now, as of the time of recording this, we hope that we will have an Elton Flatley for interview for you next week. But this could be a case of similar with Cara and where maybe we, we get him later in the season because we're not going to give up. We don't give up. We're bloodhounds. We've got Matt on the show. And I've got friends with celebrities. So clearly that's how it works. But it'll be interesting <laughs> to find out from Elton if we do get him on to kind of you know with Matt Rogers if this was a conversation that ever came up because I'm sure back in the day when Elton does this Matt's probably never thinking about Survivor but when Matt eventually gets Survivor like it's when they meet up like hey you did Survivor you did, hey remember when I did Survivor like it's kind of it's a weird connection it was, it was like when we had the Golden God interviewing Guy Leach I was like wow like you know I'm a fanboy of this. Like, it's great that these errors can collide on some level. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I found the list. So, we we ranked these. Like, I'm so sad, Matt, that we ranked these contestants before your season. I wish we had to rank these after your season because it would have been hilarious to see where we ranked you. But, um, yeah, so we'd ranked them after four seasons. 76 contestants existed back then. Elton Flatley was 54th. I put him up. Um, he beat Tarzan by one spot and lost to a debt. By one spot. So, ah, and here we go. We ranked Elton Flatley four spots higher than Sylvan. So, wow. Yeah. Um, no love for Sylvan back then. 
Oh, Jane only beat him by four spots. Wayne Gardner beat him by three spots. Um, interesting. Ben Morgan beat Elton Flatley. Don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, we talk about namesakes in Survivor. God, the Bens are not having a good run. Um, so, yeah. A bit, we're not going to go on and on and on about this, but um, next week uh, we see a snake. The girls are in control. We've got Gab and Justin snuggling up to each other. You know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, what's happening? But holy crap, you said it. You said it. Who who ticked this off in Channel 7? I mentioned last week, if you look carefully, you can see David Oldfield with an immunity necklace around his neck last week. If you don't want to hear who gets immunity next week, fast forward right now. The episode's over. You're done. Because we're going to spoil this right now. You clear as day see Imogen Bailey with an immunity necklace like two or three times, and then... You see a shot of Nicole Dixon with an immunity. Like, they give away everything. And, like, it's also the fact, too, that you're giving away the best part of this episode. One of the best parts of this season, this kind of, like, fight that Imogen brings up the Justin stuff. And you get the one-liner from David Oldfield, which is brilliant. I, like, yeah, who signed off on this? It's, it's, it's not it's, just the immunity. It's just giving away such a carrot of next week, which is so brilliant. I want that as a surprise. I don't want to know about that. And, and you don't even have to look hard. It's right there in front of you. Yeah. You can't miss You can't miss it. Exactly. Like, I know, like, um, Channel uh, CBS has kind of accidentally done it a few times, but I think even sometimes, like, aren't they renowned for some of the confessionals? I don't know if Australian Survivor does it. Like, if they've got a confessional when somebody's in the merge, they actually kind of, like, Photoshop the buff so that, mm. like, you don't, like, you change it to the colour of the tribe to make it still look like they're still in that tribal phase, even though it's from a later part of the episode. And I'm pretty sure CBS have photoshopped immunity necklaces out or something like that previously mm. as well. Again, this is 2006. Maybe they're just beyond caring at this point. Like, ah, no one's watching, so who cares? But this is a <laughs> this is a thing, like, yeah, it's 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 terrible. It's so, yeah. it's not forgivable at all. It's, it's not forgivable, and it, you can't, I mean, for a show that's on, you know, basically prime time in Australia, you know, a lot of money's going into it. You can't have editing like that. That That's, and especially a show where people, the whole point of watching a, a you know, a 43 minute show, or, you know, with ads, a 60 minute show is the payoff at the end to see who gets voted out or who, you know, who has immunity, who gets voted. And they, they go and ruin it the week before. So yeah, it, it's unforgivable. And, um, should never have happened. Well, I'm glad, though, Matt, that we are returning to our regular slot but, of Thursday at 8.30. Yes, that's, 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 that's a positive, yes. But they annoyed, they annoyed that, too, with that when they started promoting the first episode of, of my season, and they show a bloody shot, and I've mentioned this before, they show a shot of the 11, of, of my tribe walking in the water, but there's only 11 people, and clearly I'm not in it. And this is before the show, had, the show had started, so it's like, of course... Like I'm the first one in my tribe voted out. Like it was it, what, that annoyed me because that was bad editing as well. So anyway, that's my didn't, that's my didn't, win. Didn't pitch pick up that. on that, Matt. Maybe I need to uh, to dig into that. Um, <laughs> before we wrap up, I should just mention the confessional count this episode. Who do you think got the most confessionals this week, Matt Dyson? Uh the who was I going to say? Justin seemed to have a fair few, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Gabby Elton, probably Elton seemed to be on. On now, I'm going to say Elton. Elton and Gab had six each, but they were equal second. Uh, Justin only had four, who was second huh. lowest. Uh, only Nicole had three. Imogen had five. See, I, I'm kind of surprised Imogen had five. I feel like we've not really talked about Imogen this episode, and I feel she didn't get a lot. But um, Mr. David Oldfield, the seventh wonder of the ancient world, the Lord Mayor of the Jungle, insert all the other names, he had seven. So, uh, yeah, David Oldfield on a bit of a run. So there you go. Um, next week, as I said, we don't know. 
Uh, hopefully we'll have an Elton interview. If we don't, uh, it will be straight into episode eight. Recap. So if we, we'll say this now, if we don't have Elton on next week, we're probably on a run of about four episodes now in a row where it's just going to be episode recap, no interviews. Cause obviously the way this season plays out, it's a bit interesting. Uh, you know, obviously Justin kind of, yeah, we kind of, he'll go and then we'll come back similar to Guy. That's why we didn't have a Guy interview for you, uh, the other week. Um, and also with Gabs, Gabs is one of these ones, which, uh, yeah, she's kind of in the, the Ben Wynn category of we don't know where she is anymore. So uh, mm. just stay tuned for that. But again, uh, if, if things pop up, hopefully an Elton one will come your way next week, otherwise later on. But uh, yeah, I, I'm intrigued because like the, the thing I will say is that although I have a lot of gripes about the next episode in terms of how it's edited and sort of this very open-ended storyline, which we don't really get anything for, um, yeah, I mean, the Tribal Council in the next episode is probably the best Tribal Council this season. One of the best Tribal Councils in Australian Survivor history, I'm going to say it. Um, and what Imogen Bailey does, fucking hell. We've talked about balls this episode, but I know it doesn't really have any ramifications, but, like, this was unheard of, uh, even, mm. I think, in US Survivor back then to do something like this. And this is, like, we talk so much about David Oldfield's, you know, skills. This is the Queen Imogen moment of the season. Like, holy crap, this girl is is brave. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to at least talking about the Tribal Council and kind of ripping into the, the, the just real plot holes of what is going on here. It's, just, it's almost like they just dropped something like, oh, this is a big controversy. What is a controversy? We're not going to tell you. Thanks, Channel 7. <laughs> I hope one day we actually get to the bottom of it. I'm sure we will, but, yeah, it, it's, it is an interesting episode, an interesting tribal, and one that we'll no doubt try to finally get to the bottom of one day. Now, um, like us on Facebook, follow us, all the all the social channels, Instagram, all that kind of fun stuff. Subscribe, all of our uh, channels out there too, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, Google, uh, Apple, all the fun ones. Now, leave us a rating. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. And, of course, our YouTube channel. You can watch our interviews on there. We, we possibly are going to start releasing these interview, uh, these episodes on our YouTube channel. If you're more of a visual person, you want to stare at my ugly face uh, for a while. And, and Matt's got a pretty face, let's be honest. It's, it'll probably make it worth your while. Uh, so we'll see how that goes in the future. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned. We appreciate all your feedback and support. And also, too, oh, we've also got the, um, the, the campaign going for our 20th reunion for Whaler's Way happening. And, uh, yeah, donations for that, too, for the, uh, the page are always appreciated. Matt? Uh, our closing song you've come up with it this week we haven't mentioned it at all but uh, what, what have we got going for well, us this week well, tribute I mean, to dear old Elton well Elton Flatley obviously he, he made a name for himself being a, a wallaby in, in, for rugby union and uh, he had a his big moment was in the 2003 World Cup where he, he tied up the game against England and took it to extra time and then of course Johnny Wilkinson hit that Bastard. that drop goal that, that, that won the uh won the World Cup, but can I just say, this is, talking about memories, talking about Elton and the 2003 World Cup, when that World Cup was on, I was down the Gold Coast, I had fallen so violently ill, I was sick for about the next week, food poisoning, and I think I lost about 11 kilos, it was it was the sickest I've ever been, that was right when that World, that was the night, the night that that World Cup was on, the night that Elton Flatley kicked that penalty goal to take the game into extra time, 17 all, and then they ultimately ended up losing anyway through that Johnny Wilkinson drop goal. That was the first night of me being violently ill for the next week and dropping 11 kilos, and I, I swear Australia I nearly was died, violently but... ill after that night for yeah. a while too, let's be honest, I still am. I'm not the massive as rugby fan, but, you know, even I would look at Johnny Wilkinson in the street and smack him in the face, that <laughs> bastard. 
but that game went to like double extra time. It, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so uh, Elton Flat, and then just talking about Elton Flatley too. Obviously, we, we talked about it that he, he retired early from you know from from rugby union. But um, I think I, I read a bit more. I thought it was to do with like a knee injury or something. But apparently, it was actually to do with. He had had too many concussions, and he was starting no. to get a bit of. Bit of it's not yeah. Surprising. I, well, and that's why I brought it up. That's why I brought it up because obviously we got the coconut. He hit the coconut. He's always breaking shit and falling out of trees and stuff. But, but yeah, so apparently he had a bit. He's starting to get a bit of blurred vision and and um, had too many concussions, which is funny because all these years later, obviously in rugby and a lot of sports, con- concussion injuries are are a big thing. We you know we just we just saw the. Boyd Cordner, the New South Wales uh, former captain, and, and um, retire from rugby league this year because of um, having too many concussions. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting fact that 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 Elton Flatley was sort of one of the the more original players, uh, footy players that, that went out because of that, and that's why he retired early. But uh, and that's why we we ended up getting to see him on the show a year later because obviously he wasn't playing footy anymore. But uh, but yeah, as for the song, um, the, the World Cup song, it's called World in Union. Obviously, it's played throughout every World Cup as the sort of theme song. So, obviously, let's pay tribute to Elton kicking that 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 goal to, to draw level in that World Cup final. And I reckon we, we see it out with World of Union. Just quickly, did you did you go to many World Cup games back in 2003? Matt, I know you're more of a league fan, but I guess we all kind of got wrapped up in that, um, I don't think I, I don't think I've actually ever been to a, 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 a international or like even a, like a Queensland Reds wow. uh, union game. I, I've always been a league guy. It's funny, you know, my brother and my brother and um, my nephew just went to, they just went to the France Australia game recently that, um, that Australia won it after the buzzer. They, they scored to win after the buzzer and, and yeah. And, and they rang me uh, straight after that game and said, Hey, this is like, this is a really good game. Like we need, we need to start going to some union games. So who knows? I might start getting I- into it, but yeah. I'm more of look. If I had to choose, I actually don't mind you. I think it flows a bit better. That's another debate. I, I was luckily luck. We had a game in Tasmania in 2003 in Launceston between esteemed rivals Romania and Namibia, and uh, we went to that. It was actually quite entertaining. I Just like that, that Romania. So that you're talking about the R- Romania game in the World Cup. Yeah, Romania versus Namibia. So, um, oh, okay. No, Australia played Romania, and Elton flatly scored. He scored in 18 seconds. He he kicked off. Did the drop? Not kick. quite that game. That- no. No, 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 they got the ball back, and then, um, and then, yeah, they, he scored eighteen seconds. It's like one of the fastest tries ever. The, the game I went to, essentially, Romania kicked their ass, but there was a massive campaign in the lead up to it where they basically on all Tasmanian media they're like, if your birthday is on an odd day, you will go for Romania. If it's on an even day, you will go for Namibia. And like there was a packed house, like twenty thousand at, at York Park in Launceston, whatever it held back in the day. And Romania won at like 50 and whatever. But Namibia scores a try at the end of the game. And the crowd like cheered like it was Australia winning the World Cup. It was insane. And I never forget there was a streaker and uh, the players like just, they were they were just baffled. And then the crowd started doing a Mexican wave. The players literally stopped to watch a Mexican wave. It was like the players had never seen a Mexican <laughs> wave before. Um, and it's interesting. I was in New Zealand and I, would, I went to our local team, the Southland Sharks games. I went to a couple of Super Rugby games to watch the Highlanders. Um, and I was meant to be going to an All Blacks game just to kind of, you know, tick that off the list, but we had to obviously leave for COVID. And when I was living in Brisbane, I uh, was on the cusp of going to an Australia Island game, but I ended up not going. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would love to go to a – I still would love to go to an All Blacks game. I think that would be something to tick off the list. I think I lie. I think I actually have been to one Australia – I'm pretty sure they played a, they played a, test, a match at the Gabba. Uh, an international at the Gabba. I can't remember who they were playing, but I'm pretty sure 
they did and I went to that game. That was many years ago. But, yeah, I've, I've never been to Bellymore. Uh, not that, they, you know, they don't play there anymore. They play at Suncorp or whatever, but never been at Suncorp. But, yeah, but I'm pretty sure I watched a game at the Gabba. Well, if uh, you're a league or a union fan, text us in. We want to know. Um, we'll probably forget we even asked that question. Like, why are we getting these texts saying they like rugby? Reading? I can't even speak properly. Let's end the episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week, either with an episode recap or Elton Flatley interview. Uh, my name is Ben, and I'm about the 47th wonder of the ancient world. <laughs> my name's Matt Dyson, and I think I'm going to go shave my balls. We had to make a a tactical decision, I guess. We had to get rid of him because he was the strongest player. I think that's been a rude awakening for all of us, that you have no choice. If you don't play, you don't stay. And being a realist, uh, if I don't win tomorrow, uh, I could be sitting with Guy back at the hotel. And you and I might not have to worry about them being fair. We'll be propping up the bar. I'm pretty sure I might be having hamburgers tomorrow. That's right. I'm certainly uh, in a position where people appreciate that I'm feeding them. The longer that we're here, the more we can endear. Justin's on the fire, David's on the cooking, Elton's on the chopping. Imogen and myself just naturally work hard. Our darling Gab could do a little bit more sometimes. One, two, three. Oh, shit. <laughs> What's the name of this one, David? Uh, This is uh, Island Porridge. It's the Island Porridge. Hopefully, slightly improved Island Porridge. The Island Porridge is certainly a David Oldfield original. I would compare it to something like a chunky type of baby food. I actually think that David spent more time in the bathroom than me and Imogen put together. I think you're all set, so just go uh, clean the pipes and go. And he was probably more excited to see that mirror than we were. <laughs> is, that, is that a hair gel? No, no, Gabby. No, no, Imogen.
motherfucking Eagle Double G. Snoop Dogg. You know I'm hopping with the D. 